0: Trustee DeVries. Here. <laughs> Trustee Banerjee. Here. Trustee Hernandez is not here. Trustee Avalada. Here. Trustee Bouquet. Here. Trustee Jensen is not here. Trustee Peterson. Here. And Trustee Sheikwin. Here. We have a quorum.
1: All right. So, um, let's go. Uh, we are in open session. I think I have a couple public comments to take. Uh, this is a special meeting of the Board of Trustees. Let's see. I have uh, Dr. Huh? So yeah. they're for Oh oh, different. Okay, uh, all of them. Yes. Okay, great. So we will wait on those. My apologies. Uh, okay, cool. So um, let's. I'm still getting used to this new thing. Uh, we've got a couple of contracts to approve before we get into the budget. Um, did you want to? make a presentation do I want to get a motion uh, to
2: approve the contract
1: I got a motion to approve I, second. I got a second is there any discussion all in favor all right. great. 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 great item two yeah all right Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah That's thank great. you for your uh, illustrious report <laughs> um, so I don't know if I want to have our public get the chance to speak before our presentation, or if you want to wait until after our presentation? I'm flexible. What would you prefer? Yeah, you want to go? Are you going to stick around and listen to what we're actually doing? Okay, cool. Well, I tell you what, um, I'll let you come on up and uh, see. We've got Dr. Freed and Michael McAdoo, I've got Amy Pratelli and uh, Dr. Leiu, uh Chu. So,
3: yeah, come on up. Yeah, let's let's, let's sit together. So we don't have a lot to say other than thank you guys. We were informed that there won't be a closure or consolidation of uh, Highland's IOP. No closer to the mic. uh, We wanted to thank everybody, the board especially, that there won't be a closure and consolidation of the Highland IOP program. We've been coming to these meetings all summer, (laughs) advocating for our program, and we appreciate uh, you guys listening and uh, investigating Especially, we want to thank uh, Vice President Banerjee, who ca- actually come, came out to the clinic, uh, visited our program, talked to staff, uh, saw our patients, actually observed groups, uh, and, and then sat down with us to discuss, you know the issues that we felt were important about uh, the, the, the value of that service and the critical nature of uh, the patients that, that uh, use that service. Uh, we also want to thank uh, the administration and uh, uh, psychiatry leadership for supporting us and being willing to give us an opportunity to write the ship and uh, make some changes and make an adjustments so that we can function going forward with a balanced budget and also look at the best way of providing services to the community and AHS patients. So, Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add to that. Just really thank you uh, for really having the insight to look at what the need of our communities are. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to write this ship and uh, our patients are thanking you and, and the you and executive team thank you and uh, it, it's really it, it feels good
4: um, when people look into things and uh, come up with a, a reasonable solution for it so thank you on behalf of uh, Oakland uh, North County and the patients
1: thank you thank you
0: Good afternoon, Dr. Lake. He's stuck in the ER, so he'll be coming shortly. Um, my name is Amy Pertali. I am from CIR, the Committee of Inclusion <coughs> Residents, and I represent the 132 residents here at Highland Hospital. Um, today, we, you guys are having a special presentation on the budget, and I am here to talk about the budget a little bit. Um, since last November, you guys are aware that we have been in contract negotiations, and we have fought really hard to save Highland's patient care fund. Once again, it is on the chopping block during our negotiations. Um, at this time, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, passing this budget, how are you passing without Closing the contracts and what is budgeted for the future of the residents that are in this hospital doing the work daily, obviously stuck in the ER <laughs> and not able to come to committee meetings or any meetings to talk about what is necessary. The patient care fund also is giving the voices to the residents in order to purchase items like the iSTAT machines that we've talked about and ultrasound machines that are being implemented in the hospital as working conditions. And um, in order, you know, you're passing your budget for 2020, how is that going to implement? are open contracts still. How is that you know if you know what I'm saying? And it's also with the DEA licensing. The D E a licensing has been proposed that the residents um, have to apply for that, but it's also how is it going to be proposed into the next year's budget as the primary caregivers of most of Highland's residents or patients they need their DEA license. So That's it. <laughs> That's our question. That's, um, so we're actually asking you know, to hold off. I know that there's been multiple meetings on your budget, but in order to have possible, um, closed contracts and the budget to be a great budget for next year, and hopefully we can fix the budget together, um, we're just proposing that how are you going to pass the budget without closing the contracts that are still on the table. So,
1: Thank you. And without commenting specifically on our negotiating process. Um, I ask that same question in my agency all the time, and it happens. Um, And um, it's just—it's kind of one of those things. Like somehow it all works out, and so um, hopefully uh, your contract will work out as well. Thank, thank you for sharing your concerns, though. Uh, And so, do we—is that it? Uh, Do I have another speaker?
5: The other one is Henry Burns.
1: Oh, right, right, right. That's right. That's right. So let's, uh, let's get to the budget and talk about it. This is the reason we're here tonight. And um, I just want to open by saying that I think um, it's really important that we um, look at where we've been and where we're, where we're headed and, uh, and, and really honor the work of the administration. Hello, Trustee Jensen. How are you? Um, you know, we I think hospital financing is probably one of the most complex um, things on the planet um, and um, it, it's a moving target um, and maybe my answer to the last public speaker would be we with a billion dollar budget and it's constantly changing uh, and, and that's how these things work out um, but I want to honor the work the staff has done and I want to make sure that that um, Delvecchio and the team have the ability to um, uh, vocalize what cuts have been made and what savings have been found and what revenue ideas have been, have been uh, explored to kind of get us to where we are. And then also to recognize that we are in no way out of the woods as far as the financial stability of the organization. It's, we're we're going to meet our current obligations, but we're not um, – there's a lot of work still to be done. Uh, I also want to point out that we've had some really um, great meetings with our county partners. I think that we're working in tight collaboration. And uh, I think this budget proposal uh, is a is a reflection of that work and of the administration's work. uh, And um, um, and from with that, I'll I'll turn it over. I also would just let other trustees know that um, uh, me and Delvecchio had an idea, uh, which is why people are in different seats tonight. Um, uh, We just thought it might be a little bit more um, uh, significant to see that our, our our interests are aligned and have him next to me, so that. When I want to tell a bad joke, I have to whisper it in his ear instead of Dr. Burkett's mm-hmm. ear. Dr. Burkett, you're going to have to tell your bad jokes to Dr. jamaluddin Tracy. You know, it, it's just you'd have to tell Mike. Sorry. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's and, not listening. Um, I hear Mike's <laughs> got the best bad <laughs> jokes, so you're probably in the best position. So I, I, I thought we'd shake things up a little bit. So, with that said, Thank you. good sir, let's hear about it.
5: Thank you. Uh, good evening, trustees uh, okay. and uh, uh, guests and partners. Um, good to see you in August. This mm-hmm. is not normal, <laughs> but 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 obviously we're not in uh, necessarily normal times. But I, I, I also want to start and echo uh, Joe's sentiment that, uh, uh, notwithstanding all of the, uh, the the challenges that we are all uh, facing, uh, it is it is. Uh, I think it's been a refreshing uh, uh, set of developments for us to be facing those challenges in, in uh, a much more forthwith and uh, aligned uh, manner, and uh, I think some of the uh, outcomes or at least the status of the proposed budget uh, that you'll see tonight uh, uh, is, is significantly different. Than where we were uh, uh, in at the end of June, uh, so two months ago, um, uh, and I think that's a reflection of that, and and hopefully then a sign of where we'll go. Because I, I want to echo uh, Trustee DeVries' sentiment that uh, this is a a, a a a much better place for us to be, and there's still yet more work to do, even in this uh, year. Uh, uh, but uh, we have a we have a a tough. Uh, road ahead of us, and, and 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 the idea that we can take some of our learnings from this experience and, and move forward uh, together, I think, is, is going to serve all of us better, but more importantly, serve the community uh, better, the patients we serve, and the uh, residents and taxpayers of Alameda County who count on us to, to handle this well. So, so with that, I will try to um, um, be uh, as uh, succinct as possible, but also uh, certainly. Um, uh, address any questions or concerns people have because, as Joe jo says, this is quite complicated uh, uh, and we tried to keep it at a level that avoids some of the minutiae uh, but, but want to be um, re- responsive to your questions and anything you need in order to pass this. And the last thing I'll say is uh, Joe's idea, which I uh, wholeheartedly endorse, uh, is that um, uh, we switched it up and this is coming to you now as a uh, first reading and a proposed uh, or preliminary approval. Uh, and that the uh, the strategy or at least the thinking is that your preliminary approval, if you should grant it tonight, will be an ability for us uh, to sort of send a formal communication uh, um, as a uh, preliminary action on the board to uh, the, the county uh, leadership and the Board of Supervisors uh, because, as you'll note, uh, there is an element of this, uh, even for this year, that uh, um, um, requests or solicits additional support from the county uh, beyond even some of the support that's been uh, reflected here. And uh, the goal would be if we could get uh, your board to get some additional clarity on that support. Uh, THAT THAT WOULD THEN FURTHER INFORM uh, THE APPROVAL uh, OR THE FINAL APPROVAL OF THE BUDGET, WHICH WE WOULD EXPECT TO HAPPEN NEXT MONTH.
1: AND IF I COULD INTERRUPT YOU, Um, IT WAS DEFINITELY, uh, THE SEQUENCING I THINK IS SIGNIFICANT AND IMPORTANT IN TERMS OF KEEPING OUR COUNTY PARTNERS INVOLVED, BUT I ACTUALLY WANT TO HONOR Trustee JENSEN FOR HER STRONG VOICE FOR TRANSPARENCY, BECAUSE THAT'S WHAT ACTUALLY GAVE ME THE IMPETUS FOR THE IDEA THAT, WAIT A MINUTE, THIS SHOULDN'T BE A FINAL READING, THIS SHOULD BE A FIRST READING. SO Trustee JENSEN, Mm -hmm. THANK YOU FOR THAT. And uh, I think it, it both aligns to for the public as well as for our, for our county partners. So I appreciate
5: that. And, 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 and for us, actually, it gives us an opportunity. This, it's not just a first reading from the perspective of uh, uh, that alignment, which is important, but it also gives us an opportunity to hear additional feedback you have so that we can make adjustments uh, uh, along with feedback we we'll hear from the county uh, uh, as we move forward to finalize the budget. OK? So with that in mind, if if it's okay, I'll go ahead and jump right in. Um, We normally have a sequence where I will kind of do the overarching view and then uh, Luis does the volume, sort of more operating related things. um, uh, and uh, as our uh, CFO would do the uh, revenue and some of the details there, and then uh, Luis would do the expenses, and I would come back and kind of do the capital stuff and, and wrap it all up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when we moved the meeting to Wednesday, it became a good thing for me, and I appreciate you all being flexible, uh, but a bad thing for Luis uh, for another uh, obligation he could not get out of. So you'll have to hear more of me than you would o- otherwise hear. And uh, we've had a lot going on, so Ann and I haven't had a chance to practice together, so we'll probably – uh, stumble a little bit, but I'll answer and try to go through as much as possible because she's ready to hop in uh, as necessary to uh, address any questions or that I or either you all may have as well. OK? So, uh, outline, we're going to talk about the overall, we actually won't talk about the principles. We'll remind you, nothing substantive changed there. I think they are still are reflecting uh, your values in terms of how we want to proceed with fiscally managing the organization and managing that against uh, a lot of the values and principles that we have for the organization that go well beyond purely finances and numbers. Uh, I thought it would be useful to kind of. Uh, try to, as best possible, summarize everything that you'll hear in the remaining sort of eight sections as key takeaways. Kind of the old ad is, tell you what I'm going to tell you, tell you, and then tell you what I told you. Uh, So really, uh, that slide is the most important one that gives you a high level of everything you'll hear in the subsequent slides. We'll go through those in the detail I mentioned, volume, that then informs revenue, that then informs uh, and supplementals, that then informs uh, uh, expenses, and and then the capital piece. And then we'll wrap it up with those same takeaways and any questions that you may have i actually you know what i oh that's okay we were we were actually doing some additional work to show you some graphical representations i don't think we actually uh, put it here but we could show you the next time uh if it helps you with any questions you may have so uh let's go through that so again principles uh, strategic and long term so not just looking at a situation where we're looking at the budget in real time, but also thinking about what are the long-term signs and signals, which unfortunately for us are somewhat ominous, but uh, but keeping those in mind as we make uh, decisions about both what we do this year as well as with an eye towards what's coming our way. Sustainable, similar sort of thing. Inclusive, meaning we are involving uh, as much of our organization and leadership and external partners as possible to make sure that that uh, work is happening. Balancing it against our other uh, priorities in terms of of access and quality and other imperatives for the organization. Continuous improvement, looking at how we uh, always look at not just passing our expenses forward, but opportunities to improve our expenses. You heard a presentation at the retreat uh, for how we do this with our work with our GPO to look at uh, productivity and benchmarking. And that becomes a basis for some of the expense opportunities you have uh, uh, that have been put forward in this budget, and we, we can share those with you. And then certainly uh, short-term accountability and making sure that we are able to to advance our objectives uh, uh, that you have set forth for the organization. Key takeaways, and I won't read all of this to you. I know you've had a chance to go through it, but but, um, number one is quite significant. Um, uh, We have gotten to a point now, and this is subject to change a little bit slightly north or south uh, potentially, uh, but uh, a comfortable position as we sit here today to say, that this potential, uh, this budget that we present to you today forecasts a EBIT, 3.8% EBITDA margin for FY20, and that is largely since the last time we met, where we were struggling to get even even to 1.47, and that also pretended some pretty ominous cuts. Um, how have we both absorbed those cuts and restored those programs, and and then gotten to a higher margin? Three main areas ongoing revenue enhancement and expense management efforts, you'll see later on, which total about uh, 30-something million dollars, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, Favorable improvement in AB85 funding, which was a pretty significant part. There is a slight um, problem in terms of a a number error on our piece, where we have 55.3, and it should have been 53. Some of you are probably doing the math if you caught that. It's 53 million, so just a typo, Uh, but a significant typo. It's $2 million. So we'll fix that, but we also have some the stuff moving in other directions so uh you
1: can break that down later. roughly
5: the same i will yeah i'll show i'll point it out later uh favorable so that was a big part of it and then uh, uh additional uh, proposed one-time retroactive behavioral health funding from the county in the form of about 23 million dollars uh those were the revenue uptakes and or uptakes and some uh, expense savings pieces at all got us to 3.8 uh, or uh, as we sit here today uh, so the second piece important as you've mentioned uh, they enable us to continue the vital services that we want to uh, continue for the organization and we figured out a, a way to be able to do that sustainably uh, while continuing though to address some margin improvement and opportunities that remain in those areas uh, you heard some uh, reference to that uh, by dr. freed earlier uh, in at least that one area but in other areas and then uh, uh, and and beyond I Say. Uh, and then also uh, combined with this piece uh, and our net negative balance where we're going to end this year or where we ended last year, I should say, fiscal year 19, uh, that this operating performance that we're forecasting allows us to meet all of our not just our operating uh, um, uh, budget, which you'll see, but also our uh, capital needs, which is our debt obligations uh, as well as our capital uh, commitments in terms of capital projects and what have you. What it doesn't allow us to meet uh, uh, is prior year recruitments that we might experience. We don't know if we'll experience them. We're doing our best guesstimate of what's likely to come forward. We've mentioned some of that to you in the past in terms of uh, the prior uh, waiver, which was from 10 to 15. Uh, we have other things that were on our um, our reserve schedule that you see on the finance report each month. So some things like our FQHC settlement and others that add up to a significant amount of money could be as high as 90-something million. could be uh, uh, a bit lower than that depending on cycle and whether we're able to negotiate to get those costs down. And that's also an opportunity for us to partner with our county partners, uh, perhaps to, uh, uh, to will some political <laughs> leverage uh, where that may be useful uh, to uh, help us with some past experiences that are beyond our ability to uh, otherwise observe. And then finally, so that uh, that will be how we deal with this year and certainly an area where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're seeking county support uh, with that and perhaps even fiscal support, additional fiscal support, and then looking ahead and beyond uh, the greatest threat as you look at our... Uh, our uh, um, net-negative balance curve still having that crazy uh, uptick is related to uh, the the discontinuation or the ending of the Medi-Cal waiver, and there's still no replacement in place. That's largely due to that. Okay? Long range, uh, okay, I'll just point out the key numbers, so, and we can come back into detail, or if you have specific questions, please ask me, but key numbers are um, the top two numbers you'll see when I go into the income statement. It's our net revenue uh, overall, and it's our um, operating expense overall, and I'll zero you into the column that says budget 2020. The actuals from the prior years are all done, so it's just a matter of showing you trends if you're interested in seeing how things move, and then the forecasts going out are by no way scientific or fully informed, a lot of them just extrapolations of percentage increase over year over year reflected in the trend. So, you really uh, we want to concentrate 2020, but give you some sense of the forecast. The biggest uptake uh, uh, to look at in the forecast is in 21 and 22. You see the revenue drop substantially. That's because of the uh, discontinuation of the waiver. Uh, but if you look at those two. Those two numbers then give you uh, uh, the number at, uh, below that, which is uh, effectively what we pull off uh, in terms of um, uh, revenue from the organization or net revenue. We then take out um, uh, the depreciation cost, which is non cash, and so that's how you end up with about $41 million of dollars, which are equate to a 3.8% even margin as money that we expect to make this year. You'll see later where I show you how we combine that to cover then the $59 million. I'm skipping the middle section, going down to the bottom where you see the capital obligations, you see the debt, pension obligation debt, Capital Reserve Fund, which is our, our agreement for strategic reserves from the county, where we're putting in seven million each year and getting seven million back because the agreement between this board and the Board of Supervisors to fund the EHR uh, Capital Cost Transfer, which is our agreement with the county to pass over uh, uh, depreciation uh, reimbursement that we get uh, from the state or the federal government uh, for the buildings here, largely the, that the county owns, uh, and then that's the total capital expenditures for our capital projects and the total. Um, is offset by philanthropy from the foundation. You see Deborah Barnes here today, knowing about money that we have to raise there, uh, largely through our uh, campaign, but also other endeavors, and then uh, funding that, uh, the remaining funding that we're going to get from Kaiser uh, for our EHR and our MRI, which will be done this year. Anyways, yeah, yes. Could you Yes. Um talk about the JABRA funds that you include in the budget yes so uh, Trustee Jensen uh, may know a little bit better than others that the Jaber funds are funds that uh, the districts of the district Alameda Healthcare District uh, both owns Alameda Hospital as well as a proper a set of uh, residential properties that they call the Jaber properties I believe they are and the fund is effectively uh, dollars that uh, come, at, and this is my best understanding of this, so correct me if I get this wrong Ann or, or Mike or others, uh, but my understanding is uh, there is a commitment through uh, that um, asset that was donated to the district that revenues or proceeds from it go to support then the district's purpose, which is uh, uh, supporting Alameda Hospital, and so it's not a substantial amount of money, as you can see there. It results in, I think, in this year, um, where is it? Uh 24. Which one is it? Is this $77,000? $77,000, yeah. So $77,000 that basically uh, come into uh, the district that, Uh No, no, 77000 not $7.7 million. I wish it were $7.7 $77,000 that then come into uh, um, uh, the hospital or the system to support uh, um, capital or operating needs for Alameda Hospital, And so. then
6: where? In 74
5: last year and 77 Sorry. for just it And
6: where's the parcel tax? In that?
5: The parcel tax actually, I think the dollars come into the income statement, uh, but go ahead.
7: Yeah, under other revenue.
5: Yeah, other so there other are other revenue, revenue. On the, in the income statement. Okay. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, okay, so then there's that and then the middle piece that I skipped over the 84 million there you see is a combination of two things uh, you see working capital, which is basically our way of saying uh, we have to look at the revenue up top that we bring down and say there's a, a rev cycle so there's a cash flow timing piece of this that uh, you know when we end June 30th we're not going to have all 41 million of those dollars dollars have to flow through so we kind of do a historical uh, a trend of how long that cycle uh, proceeds and how much of that we might not actually have at the end of that year. Uh, there's also a piece of that working capital in this particular year that's different than prior years that is reflective of uh, uh, the ref cycle uh, uh, impact that we expect as a result of going live on EPIC. So when we go live on EPIC, we're expecting to have increase in our uh, charge capture which will then eventually result in additional revenue for the organization but there's expected to be a lag for the timing that it takes for that charging to come through. EPIC has uh, given us data that uh, for uh, different types of organization they categorize them into two or three different groups. High performing rev cycle organizations, uh, moderate performing and low performing uh, historical. Uh, they've taken our historical revenue and uh, looked at our historical operations as well as challenges that we have in rev cycle that are well known to probably more uh, uh, finance committee members than others, but uh, we've been getting better in this respect. But they've suggested to us you're, you're in the low-performing group, you need to get better, and you will get better as a result of EPIC. That has been our commitment. But the timing for that, since we won't go live until the end of September, that, that time to get back to where you were and then to have uh, substantial performance is likely to occur over the course of the following, the earlier part of the following fiscal year. So we have to make allocations for, again, payment timing that will be impacted by that part of it. So that's what Reflecting that first uh, 7.6 million that you see there, the second one is supplemental payment timing, and that is all of. Um Historically, you, you've seen one year where it was favorable. That was when we got the NCE to cost uh, reimbursement from prior years and uh, big upticks. Um, the next ones are where we have, uh, and in this year, where we have money that we have to pay back or in some ways uh, um, uh, anticipate that we'll give back. And that's what you see uh, in that second, uh, in that number, the $117 million there. So net effect of all of that being $84 million, the cash needs for us then go down and get combined with the, uh, the um, The uh, capital, and and so we have a 143 million dollar deficit. um, That is the um, operating and the capital for the year. That then gets offset against what we have in the uh, net negative balance. All right, this is really tiny, uh, so hopefully you have had a chance to look at it. Uh, This is just reflecting all of that first part minus the capital part, and it just breaks it into further detail. So the revenue, and we're going to go into the more detail later so you don't have to worry about all the revenues there, both net patient services and supplemental, all the expenses, both labor and non-labor, to get to the $41 million you see somewhere in the middle there if you're looking at the second line of, uh, of or I'm sorry, budget 2020, and then it just shows you then how, how it all breaks down in terms of. Uh, different uh, ratios for the organization. So the EBITDA margin being 3.8, reimbursement margin being about 18.2, I think is what it is, or 18.9. It's roughly in that 18.2, 18.9 range. And then the FTEs uh, per AOB, uh, seeing that there's a consistent trend, we actually increase FTEs year over year. You'll see a lot of that is largely due to the HR folks who have been capitalized then coming onto the income statement. Um, I
6: have a Question or if you could just Please. comment on the, um, the substantial uh, reduction, uh, the forecasted reduction in um, registry and temp services?
5: Yes. So that, a, a, a big part, well, actually, <coughs> I was thinking about the professional services. I don't think that's it. Uh, a big part of it is uh, the continuing effort for us to move more staff out of, uh, use less registry, and use more of our uh, full-time staff, and actually then to employ uh more of our staff, so we've been on a trajectory where those expenses have been reducing, and my understanding is that that is just a continuation of that trajectory, but I don't know if there are specific areas where that occurs. That's I know we're doing, on the co- uh, contractor services for uh, professional services, it's uh, physician contracts that are coming in-house, but yeah. is there any particular area Well, I mean, it just, it registry? looks like
6: it was about 10%, now it's going up, or 10 or 15% um, actual 18 to 19, and then it's going, the budget's going, um, a reduction of 37 percent. It just seems. I, I'm just.
5: Yeah, it's upset. Uh, so you I, see, registry going down, where you see labor expenses going up, right? Which is connected to the, the 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 number of paid FTEs going up as well.
6: And registry is always a challenge. I understand, but it. I, I hope that that savings can be achieved. That would be.
5: Well, so it's not a pure savings. It's a, it's more of a transferal. So, uh, you're you're correct. Uh, I think it's an op. As we operate year over year, we'll have to, or, or over the course of the year, we'll have to look at where we have those needs and and the timing of staffing and sort of attrition and other sorts of things. But uh, if we don't. If if we don't meet the registry part, we'd hope that the totality of it still works. So there's a balance between registry. Well, I, I
6: and should activities. congratulate you and your staff and everyone for the downtrend in this year. Certainly, that was a 10 or 15 percent reduction. Seems um, especially with some of the other things that are happening with um, labor and with the changes at San Leandro and everything. That seems great. And
5: Absolutely. Good to see that. Well, thank you. Right, did you want to add anything to that, Anna? If I left so anything I off.
7: Most of the contract labor falls in the uh, nursing uh, yeah, area. Yeah, use your mic, please. Uh. Sorry. Most of the um, labor contract labor falls in the nursing area. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest user.
5: Okay. I have to come back to see if anything I wanted to share name any other questions before I, we move on? I have one down here, and actually, again, I'm going to
2: apologize for details. Um, uh, just a question. The GSB 68 line? Yes. yes. Um, so um, I presume that's the general accounting for, for pension, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Ta- ta- can, can someone just walk me through, for my edification, the, the balloon uh, from 20 to 36 back down to 21? Why did we have that big rise and then be- big fall? You'll see line item in actual 2019. Yes. It, I mean, it balloons 20 to 36, and then it comes back down.
5: So Wait, I'm sorry. You're seeing, yes. you, go, you go 20 to 30. Yes. So the 30, the 21 is actually artificial. Okay. So um, this is where we put in the 15, right? Is that, and that's okay. I hear Helen saying yes. Uh, Helen's our budget guru. Um, she is a guru. So I recognize her voice. Um, the 36 is artificial, or the 21 is artificial. Uh, w- what you'll see later on in a later slide is um, uh, you'll recall when we did the budget the last time we talked about um, uh, the uh, the um, the. Uh, the la- the the legal matter with the Sarah, yes, and that the impact to us was uh, the, the forecasted impact to us on an annualized basis is about fifteen million dollars. Yes, we put here, and it ends up being non uh, non operating, so it doesn't impact the EBITDA margin. Uh, but we put it there as a placeholder to, to uh, signify that that's still a matter that's a risk to the organization, and this uh, pretends for that going down. Putting it here um, makes it. Um, makes it a little bit less of a risk to the organization as in terms of the integrity of the budget. Got it. uh, To reflect it there for your your ongoing awareness. Um, But it doesn't suggest that that there will be a resolution to it and that if there isn't a resolution to it, what would end up happening is you see that number go up. And it just means uh, we have to reflect it here because when the rule changed a couple of years ago, uh, all of this used to sit on the uh, plans Uh, books, and then the rule made it uh, that you had to show it on your organization's book as a reflection of what your liabilities are. So it's it's in this case, uh, in this particular portion of it, a non-cash liability that just shows your ongoing pension obligation for the unfunded actuarial liability. Now where it is a still an impact to us on a ongoing basis is under benefits. So right. that same uh, methodology is used to calculate uh, the benefits that we actually pay, which is a percentage of payroll calculation. So, so our benefits costs are there, but we didn't want to put it there because that would then if it doesn't come to pass, would really impact the integrity of the budget. Does that... Yes.
2: Is that clear enough? So, okay. So I, I, I'm going to interpret that. It's it, it's sort of a placeholder to remind us of activity which is happening with a favorable view of it to remind us to undo it if we have to.
5: Correct. Okay. And you'll see okay. us do that. Uh, okay. Usually, um, and, and correct me, usually when we get what happens is at the end of the year, uh, we, we sort of forecast this and we go along uh, throughout the year. At the end of the year, the uh, plan, as uh, Sarah will send us what our yeah. true unfunded amount is, and so we have to fix this before the audit's done, and sometimes we have been correct in forecasting and sometimes we've been off. This one, though, we know we have an artificial piece here that if it's not resolved, we'll have to put it back. Thanks. That's a great explanation. Is that is that fair? Yeah.
7: And we okay. actually have three actual reports. Got it. So we're waiting for the other two. They won't come for another month. And that number for FY19 will be trued up. Okay. So
5: that so even the number, the 36 that you see in 19 it could, could, could could change, change, could change yeah, before down. we're done. Okay. Thank you very much for that
1: explanation. So, you. since everyone's peppering you now with details, I yeah. will, too. Fair. Um, <clears throat> could you d- explain the $23 million in revenue realization through the VHS contract on, like, the sixth line down? Yes. I think you explained it to me, but I really want everyone to hear it, because this requires action by the county. Yes. This is dollars that weren't in our original budget, so this $23 million is significant in helping us maintain the services that we're trying to maintain. So, Yes. You could.
5: I'd be glad. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, as you know, uh, we've been having conversations with the uh, county uh, trying to identify well one to try to come to uh, a consensus about sort of our uh, uh, understanding of what the fiscal opportunities are in our behavioral health services in terms of revenue we receive for the services we provide. We are continuing that work. Uh, The uh, the county has engaged uh, Toyon to help with it. Um, uh, We have kind of a variance in our position on what that number is, but we're, we're, we're coalescing, so we have more work to do there. In the meantime, though, uh, uh, the county came to us and said, you know, um, we have acknowledged, we've all acknowledged that the contract Rates have been the same since 1314, uh, uh, and that in that time, from 1314 through seven, in this case 1718, so it doesn't impact last year 1819 or going forward. Uh, AHS has not actually realized the full maximum available dollars in the contract, uh, and uh, while the years are closed, the county believes that there's an opportunity to go back to the federal, the state, and the federal government and uh, amend. Uh, prior year actuals because our costs exceed the rates that we had, and there's an opportunity to actually appeal for different rates, change those rates, uh, and then favorably rec- uh, draw down uh, federal financial participation, or FFP, to then uh, come to us for those services that were rendered uh, during those time periods. And the net impact of that, which would be a combination of a small amount of um of, of county funding, I think, under um, a, either a Short dollar or Behavioral Health dollars um, uh, of a couple million dollars and more under the federal uh, FFP, uh, which would net for the course of those four uh, years, 14, 15, 16, and 17, $23 million. The county has also, uh, and Behavioral Health, graciously agreed or offered, and actually I shouldn't say agreed because it's not final yet, but offered uh, to uh, front those dollars in 19, uh, 1920, given that uh, it would help us to address our, um, our fiscal opportunities now, and it's reflected in 3.8 million EBITDA now, or 3.8 percent EBITDA now, um, uh, to front them now, recognizing that, like our supplemental programs, there will be a lag in the time in which they'll be able to get the, 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 the recouping of those dollars from the uh, state and the Fed. So uh, that is, is part of what is the opportunity here. Uh, what's not in the opportunity uh, and, and maybe as a part of the conversation going forward is when we talk about what that gap is to feel, um, uh, 17 1718 and we can uh, we've uh, said that we'll continue to look at that because oh, I'm sorry 1819 because uh, it's not closed yet and then 1920 uh, because we're in that year now and we haven't negotiated or settled on the contract <laughs> rates for that so there's still some opportunity in this space
1: so um, if you could from an operational standpoint This is money that was on the table that we didn't collect. Uh, We're going to go back and collect it. Um, Are there operational changes at the ground level in terms of billing, how things are classified? by our staff that are actually doing the work to see that in the future we collect those dollars? Yeah, it's a
5: combination of things. So one, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, in my mind, and, and uh, uh, maybe people disagree, but I don't know, is really the rates. So, so the biggest thing is if the rates don't match your costs, irrespective of how much you bill, then you're missing that opportunity. I believe because the costs exceed the rate, it's probably an opportunity, and I, I, you know, there's an opportunity for us to capture additional revenue Uh, without any sort of improvements to kind of some of the opportunities to fix uh, 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 ref cycle opportunities. Now we're gonna do both, uh, but I think the rates is one of them. But further to your point, there were some things that I think or concerns around documentation that may have contributed to denials that maybe were uh, uh, valid. Uh, it's not clear how much of that uh, was really what happened, but maybe there's some opportunity there. The other part is in uh, uh, patient eligibility, and this um, comes into play particularly, I'll, I'll say the biggest example that sticks out to me, but I know there are probably other uh, uh, examples that aren't as cut and dry, but if a patient isn't eligible because of funding or because of the type of service, actually this is a great example. A patient is still in behavioral health, and they're not there because of the behavioral reason, they're therefore a medical issue, but we can't place them. Behavioral health has to deny that because it's not within the scope of work. So it's not that the documentation is off, it's that the patient's not eligible for that form of reimbursement, and because they're in this setting, we actually can't get reimbursement in any other means for their for their uh, course of care, and they're actually probably in a either a denied or admin day status, so even that is just a little bit that we'll get. So again, improve the documentation won't necessarily result in reimbursement. In the PES setting, If a patient is there over 20 hours and a PS is a crisis stabilization unit, we can't get reimbursement for that. So we can improve the documentation, we can tell you how long they've been there and what great services we offer to them, but there's no reimbursement mechanism for it. So, so that's kind of the rub, but I, I don't think that that uh, alone and those examples alone don't suggest that there aren't examples where there were legitimate services, the documentation didn't uh, uh, sufficiently give the county permission or uh, the, the information they needed to actually be able to uh, authorize the payment. So I think there's a, a mixture of things there. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question?
4: And, b- and before uh, 2014, there was a schedule of maximum allowances, and it didn't make, if, you con- <clears throat> if you raised your, if you raised your contract, it didn't make any, you know, your contract amount, it didn't make any difference, because the feds were not going to give you any more FFP. Mm-hmm. And California made a change, specifically for acute hospitals, actually, mm-hmm. that said that if your costs were greater, that you could collect them, you co- could collect the federal portion when the cost report
5: was settled. Sure. Thank you. Uh, and right. by the way, the Trustee Peterson, you uh, in this space in particular, but uh, certainly in others, you've been an incredible uh, knowledge base and uh, uh, source of support, which I really appreciate. So Yeah, you, we're going to keep you, you around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I, a, I don't know if that's a good <laughs> deal or not. <laughs> <of here>. Well, <laughs> welcome. <It> depends <laughs> on who you ask. But, it, <laughs> but you're already in my book. So thank you, sir. Um, thank you. So, I see? Yes. and I? Oh. oh you. No, you go for me.
8: So and then, IN THE IMMEDIATE TERM, NOT IMMEDIATE, NOT not FOR THIS BUDGET, BUT THE BEHAVIORAL HEALTH care CONTRACT FOR THE COUNTY IS UP AGAIN, AS WELL AS THE REIMBURSEMENT, MEDICARE REIMBURSEMENT. SO I THINK THOSE ARE THINGS THAT WE WILL BE
5: CONTINUING TO continuing WORK, on. To work ON AS WE
8: THINK ABOUT ALL THE OTHER
5: THINGS. ABSOLUTELY. AND SO uh, THIS BUDGET uh, THAT WE FORECAST, AS IT RELATES TO THOSE BEHAVIORAL HEALTH uh, um, uh, contracts and what we might uh, uh, what we might anticipate for this year is is not based on renewed rates. It's based effectively on a run rate of uh, what we've been able to get in the prior years and what we'd expect in terms of volume activity associated with that. So there is the opportunity to do that. And furthermore, uh, and I think this is just sort of you know best practice. On, uh, we we need to. Uh, um, actually not just do sort of an evergreen relationship with that contract, which is uh, we need to behave more like a a, 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 a contractor provider with the county, uh, like other sort of uh, behavioral health and other providers, where those contracts and rates are negotiated on an annualized basis, or whatever the uh, um, agreed upon frequency is, but certainly not just a continuation. And, and,
4: and the the Medicare issue for the PES, that, that's still outstanding, ASAM. That's
5: correct. So uh, if
4: that's positively resolved, that's obviously going to make a big
5: That's correct. Yeah, we and, and they've expressed interest in helping us to think through that. It's, it's a bit mm-hmm. challenging because we sort of have to um, change the model by which we operate and try mm-hmm. to create a true PES and a true crisis stabilization and some space challenges as well as broader community support pieces that we're working through.
1: Trustee Buket,
2: you got a question? Yeah, sure. Um, thank you. Uh, on the key takeaway slide as I was reviewing this, is this, this was described as regarding the $23 million proposed one-time retroactive behavioral health funding. So if you wouldn't mind, is it is it an accurate characterization to say we have a high degree of confidence that A, this funding will happen, and B, the amount will be $23 million?
5: We have a high degree of confidence that it's going to be $23 million, And right. I would say a relatively high degree of confidence that it will happen in the sense that wh- what it involves, as Joe had mentioned earlier, uh, the, the um, health services and behavioral health have to go back to the Board of Supervisors to request uh, um, um, authority to do this, uh, they've expressed the desire to do this. They've always also shared it with them. Uh, Colleen uh, Chalva, I think I can say this, sent me a formal letter uh, earlier today reflecting this in, uh, this ex, uh, this uh, intention. Okay, uh, but it'll all get kind of combined with uh, that path that we were talking about. If we get preliminary approval today. Communicate this to them. See what happens over the month of September, and bring that back to you. I, I, ex- you know, ex- I, d- I think the other thing
4: it. there that you know the the board should be commended for is the fact that they're willing to advance us the money before they actually got paid
5: from the federal government. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Great be. work, on this? Uh It's not me, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, the, the team, <laughs> the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the thank you, sir. A lot
9: of money. So if I, yeah, if I might Before you go on, I I just want to note that this is uh, mm-hmm. awful lot of money. And I wondered if you might say a little bit more about how we got here. What, what? Uh, just a brief reflection on what's going on with our system that we're allowing this sort of hold happen. Yeah. Uh, and what are we? What are your thoughts today? I understand this has got to be a bit of an alliterative process. But what are your thoughts today about how we do a better job at revenue uh, yeah. collection on in real time?
5: Yeah. No, thank you. I think it's a great question. Um, you know, it, I I think these conversations have been kind of like, uh, what do you call them? Um, it, it's been revealing in many ways. Uh, we appreciate, and I think, um, you know, it's, there's something to be said for the improved uh, work that finance has done on the revenue side to really shore up opportunities that we've had, particularly in the medical space and, uh, and commercial payer space, contract rates, uh, all that stuff. I think this was an area where uh, it's more of a legacy practice and pattern that just wasn't scrutinized enough. To be perfectly honest, I think, and and, and I, I would say, certainly, I want to own our part of it, but I say on both sides. It's just sort of the you know, nature of the relationship. What I what I learned through all of this, and what I'm learning through all of this, is. 1314 is not insignificant in the sense that that was just like one year and maybe it all happened before. That was actually, if I recall the communications card, that was a year when the county turned the building over to AHS. Uh, so before that, even after the authority was created uh, uh, and the AHS and obviously John George has been a part of. Alameda County Medical Center than AHSN, um, the billing was being done for behavioral health at the county level. Mm-hmm. And to some extent that still occurs on the, um, the uh, short-doll side in the sense that we build them and then they billed, uh, uh other payers, mainly I think the state and the feds for the services that they uh, reimburse us for. But I think there was really not a, there's not a mindset towards optimizing the revenue and reflecting the cost on our part. It was really Hey, this is what we can get from the county. Um, uh, and actually, if I recall correctly, and I don't know if Karen, oh, she is here, Dr. Shropal is here. Um, um, so you know, can you? Well, maybe I don't know how much detail you want on this part, but uh, Karen's there to either correct me or further inform this. But um, what I actually appreciated is there is a relationship between us and uh, the Bay Area Healthcare Services where they're actually able to look, we give them access to look into our uh, financial system. So so it's not just that there is an, I, I, for one point I thought that this was like bad denials management. So they deny something, mm-hmm. we don't actually uh, then pursue it. Uh, it turns out that there's actually a very uh, collaborative, integrated process where before the bill is even dropped, there's interplay between our two entities for what's allowed, what documentation we <coughs> need, and and uh, what's appropriate before it actually goes to them. So, so from this perspective, it's different than what you do with a commercial payer. It's actually a more integrated relationship. So that's why we kind of were a little bit uh, skeptical about the piece about you know documentation because what I understand is like they're all looking at it in real time before it even gets dropped. So I don't know if there's really Unlike what I will say on the other side, it's probably still a good amount of opportunity for the denials management. I don't know that it exists here. I also think that you know we have these supplementals, and there is always, always, always there still is this mindset of like whatever you don't accrue or you don't collect in revenue, to the extent that it's on your cost, and you can collect them in supplementals. Not that it's, I don't think that's major, but I think that there, st- that that has major. been a basis for not necessarily having as much aggressive behavior on collecting as much net patient as you can. And I think that has changed dramatically for us. uh, But it seems like there may be still some pockets of that. That's my perspective. Mm -hmm. Ann may disagree. Karen may disagree. But I'm happy to let them speak for themselves
7: yes i think the only nuance uh, that i would add uh, to go back it, it is a combination of the way the state allows the county to provide the support so that was not an option and previously historically likely because we were one all, one system um, the option never existed in terms of the formation of the contract to really make it look like CBOs. So they have been very open to enable us. So they they literally will reconcile us to cost at those previous years up into the maximum contract cost so that we'll be literally able to present them very much like Mm CBO providers to that amount and they will retroactively for those years. So they have, uh, uh, because of the issues that Dovecchio mentioned in terms of one can't ever pay particularly for a patient that's not medically necessary on the psychiatric realm in an inpatient unit. Um, nevertheless, they are uh, committed to aggressively looking at a rate change yeah. um, going forward.
9: Good. That's all good news. I, it is really, I just want us to pause because, uh, you know, I had some doctors approach me during the budget process, very concerned about revenue, well, sure and um, in other places within our system. And the uh, so it's sort of baked I'm, I'm c- connecting the two dots, mm-hmm. and uh, we've really got to be at the, you know, I, I have to say, the Vizient presentation the last at the retreat was really helpful, gave me hope because uh, we need to get much better at the finance side of accounting and finance mm-hmm. so the tracking of real costs to uh, real revenue, mm-hmm. and uh, and then. You know, having uh, triggers that uh, alarm us yes. instead of tripping into the next year uh, in the same way. So I think That's there's great opportunity. I, I I appreciate all the the hard work all st- all the staff involved have done to to rectify this. Yeah, uh, and we obviously, yeah, we have a lot more work to do. Yeah. But uh, obviously, we wouldn't be having. Uh, the, the sort of positive budget consideration that we have tonight without all that hard work. So I yeah. very very much appreciate that. And I know the county is needs to be commended as well for their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the work in the future really is about get, learning the lesson of this yes. and trying to figure out how to uh, get our eye, our culture focused on a finance uh, perspective around uh, connecting costs to um, to the revenue that we can collect for that area
5: absolutely and i, I what, what i'd say to that uh, uh just to uh, add a few more comments to it one is you know the the interesting thing is um we 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 have this sort of co- uh, counterbalancing cultural element that we have to deal with in the last mm-hmm. maybe two years uh if not a bit longer uh there is a there's a growing sentiment in the organization that that we're overly concerned about cost, that we're or, or overly concerned about finances, I would say, you know, not just cost, but reimbursement, but but activity in that realm, and so so we are mindful of people's perceptions there, and uh, and not that that stops us from moving forward, but it provides an opportunity to educate people why this is so very important uh, to the sustainability of the organization, as well as all those other things that we really are well, I, uh, I, equally. Uh, I, I, I hasten about. to add that.
9: Uh, you know, I think there's a consensus among board members that we need to consider quality at the same time we're considering. Clients. Absolutely that's right. So, and and I don't. Cheers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and quite frankly, as I, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Buked and I have talked about this a n- number of times. There really is no uh, conflict there. No, there's absolutely I, I, no. You know, you could set up a fake conflict, uh, right. and there really isn't one there. Yes. Even in this case, that's awesome. we had less revenue to do. Creative things within a very challenged, uh, you know, <laughs> set <setting.
5: laughs> sort of responsibilities it. that we had. Right, so I couldn't agree uh,
9: but yeah. I so can't I, agree more. I think it, it's part. a false
5: dichotomy. We we, 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 and what I meant by that is, it, it gives us the ability to f- uh, make sure that we are messaging in the right way. Yes. So people right. don't feel that whether it's on the expense management side or the revenue. I knew what you meant. More. I just wanted to make sure that. Yeah. We yeah. Said it for the, yeah. Thank so you. The, uh, you said it better than I did. Yeah, myself.
1: but I, I think, look, we're a healthcare, we're a, we're a healthcare positive county. I, I've said this before. Alameda County, it's very progressive. We're a union county. Where we we, we lean left. We tax ourselves for any number of things that we think are good for our health, whether it's uh, sugary beverage taxes, measure A, whatever. Um, and, and so we, ha- we have innovative programs. And I think the message from us and from the administration to all of the members of our team, our providers, and our staff is that we value the work of delivering high-quality health care. But we have to focus on where we're weak. And if we're weak at, at collecting For a week at filling out the appropriate documentation to show the innovative care that we provided, we will not have the money to provide that innovative care. Uh, It's like, you know, when you go to the gym. uh, For me, like, I hate working on the hard parts, but that's what you got to work on. You know, it's fun to just curl all day long, but you got to work on your core. If you don't, you're going to end up with a back injury, and then you're not going to be able to curl. Like. At my, my office, like in my work, we all have to focus on what is the hardest thing right, to do. Right, yeah, so we can yeah. praise ourselves all day long for delivering high quality, innovative care, but we got to pay
5: for it. Yeah. Yes.
1: So make sure you keep praising people for the good work. I
5: absolutely do, and I need to do more of it, but let me start tonight. I thank I you ask, all.
6: Um, <laughs> I mean, this seems like an example to me of, of the dichotomy of how we, as a um, provider, are, we have. This, this um, interim kind of um, entity that is that is getting the money and paying us. So we're we have to go through the county to get any funding for especially for behavioral health care services. And that seems to me to be and, and if I'm a, if I'm a, um, a you know the middleman, I'm not going to ask the person down below. Well, yeah, sure, bill me. You know, I don't ask my contractors to say, oh yeah, you sure you didn't you didn't give some more services last month so it's up to us, really. I mean that's the mm-hmm. the bottom line we have to we have to be very clear about what the services are that we're providing, very clear about about what we're we're doing and expending, and then I think the the county will just say, "Great, you know thanks for all the detail and we'll we'll get the reimbursement hopefully if they and give it back to us
5: okay, yeah, okay, move. So, this is just again, you're, you're gonna see different slices of this, but it's all the same thing uh, uh, if we did this right, and I believe we did. Uh, so, budget 2020, you see the 29 million, which is different than the 41 because of the um, the, in the expenses the depreciation still there. so the operating income is the 41 but you see the 29 that right. uh, reflects it uh, with the depreciation cost in so then we're going uh, but later on Ann will go or Anne or I will go into the detail on the revenue side uh, and then uh, I'll do the uh, expense side as well okay? Uh, so now we we'll are talk about budget volume. Uh, and just to remind you, the way we do our budget, uh, we start with forecasts of volume. We start, we look at what has happened in the prior six months of a year. We forecast for it what's likely to happen for the remainder of that year. So we annualize it, and then we talk to the different units or business areas to say, should we forecast neutrality going forward? Should we forecast things going up or down, looking at trends and, and the like? Uh, what you'll see for the most part here is absent any sort of intervention, most of our signs are either flat or, or declining, with a few that uh, might be uh, uh, increasing, and I can point those out. So. Uh, um, the ED going down is a continuation of trends you've heard for now the last two years, consistent with the rest of the market as well. Deliveries going up is actually the intervention on our part, and you see the note there, uh, that with the help of the um, uh, leadership in um um, um, OB, uh, ob I should say. Uh, we are working in partnership with a couple of entities, Kaiser, the Community Health Network, and others to try to build up our women's services and to leverage the capacity we have. So we forecast an additional uh, 200 deliveries um, and an increase in our uh, NICU services and OB services as a result of that. So, can, can, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No but problem, please. It,
9: it's a question that other trustees have already asked with sure. other um, areas. Uh, How confident are you that we can – so this is – Yes. There's some aspiration in this. There's some planning. There's some
5: uh, literal commitment. Yes. How firm is it? So it's not firm at all, I would say. Uh, The confidence level is only as good as the the, uh, data that suggests to us that the opportunity is there, the uh, commitments and the communications we've been having with partners around the intentions to do that. Uh, the planning on our part to facilitate it in form of outreach and marketing and other stuff that we started to pursue. And then it's the field of dreams. It's built. Will they come? And so I will say to you that, you know, we had a trend line uh, uh, for a while. And I think last year may have been the first time <laughs> since we opened the acute tower where we had a dip in de- deliveries. Mm-hmm. We're trying to reinvigorate that outreach effort. We do know, though, that market signs are that they aren't actually, I think, bursts are declining right. in our market. So this is a volume or a, 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 a sort of a market share play on our part or a capture uh, play on our part that we're hoping will materialize. And there's some market signals that suggest that there is an opportunity for us. Uh, what we have to do, and this gets to the part of kind of the management piece, is we work with our leaders in those areas. We work with our operational leaders, and we Track it over the course of the year. Is it happening? Have we done our part? Are we seeing it come? And if it isn't, then how do we manage this? How do we say, look, we gotta, we gotta bring down the resources because the volume's not materializing? And that's the interplay of the okay. uh, the uh, productivity uh, and benchmarking effort and the ongoing management effort. That that is the dance over the course of the and year. And what's the delta? The so del- for the this improvement, what, what Oh, the delta. That, that is a delta. So that we're we're at about. Uh, I'm trying to think of the numbers. I think we're just over 1,200 deliveries a year. So it's a it's It's an aggressive jump. Yeah. 200, 253, 19.9 percent. Yeah.
8: But in QPSC, when Dr. J, when we numbers. spoke about it, with the, uh, with the, that 200 seemed like a fairly feasible number.
5: Yeah. Not so, uh, uh, was that. Yes. U-
3: UCSF has shared some data with us and it's based on that data that we took a uh, conservative number uh, we, we and we, I mean when you look at it we deliver uh, three to four babies per day mm-hmm. so we should have the manpower to deliver twice as much yeah. so we have the capacity we just need the volume
5: mm-hmm. and so yeah uh, thank you for saying that from mm-hmm. and and you recall hearing from dr. Smith at the retreat mm-hmm. it's, cons- it's, it's conservative or at least mm-hmm. measured in the or in the opportunity context, in terms of like the the, the demand, and the possible volume that we could uh, bring in, it's uh, aggressive in the sense of it's a significant Fly. drop from where we where we are right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I meant monetary Me delta. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant. actually, yeah, um, right. mm-hmm. I don't I have the number. Of, we, I think have the budget. I think 1. We 1. 1. Have, 4. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think we presented the number in the. Um, uh, in the presentation, but We've it's rolled into one the point revenue. Point 1.4. Yeah, it's rolled one into four, the four, revenue four. improvement. So yeah, we were so showing outside. that it's an uptick. It doesn't close the gap, uh, um, but it helps, yeah. That's 1.4. Yeah. Mm. Well, what is it, yeah? yeah. Amongst friends, right? That's cool. yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, other significant things you'll see there is uh, we envision that second half of the year reopening the uh, 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 the beds the, on the third floor of San Leandro. I'm
1: sorry to interrupt you, but the, um, the, the border patient days, 20%, uh, reduction and improvements through throughput. Mm-hmm. I understand the county has also stepped forward there to offer to help right. us get people out of beds and into respite correct you know and and some
9: prioritization and, of uh, locations
5: uh, yeah so they are opening uh, I think about a 27 bed unit uh, respite yes. uh, mm-hmm. uh, on Adeline, Adeline okay. uh, and uh, they have um, offered to us, and I think it's going to be late September, I think is what they're anticipating. Uh, they've off- offered to us uh, sort of right a first refusal uh, in order to be able to move uh, eligible patients into those beds. And I think uh, there is a uh, maybe a question about kind of what the eligibility is, because this is using uh, uh, whole person care dollars, and so it has to be whole person care eligible uh, patients, so it's not. We got Yeah, well, I, I think we have we got a couple. We got, all, like, all. no, it's actually. So uh, I would ask trustee have a lot of them to speak to this. It's it's a very difficult nuance. Uh, exactly. It just seems like it's easy, but Sorry. it's a definition of homelessness and what criteria. Yeah. So you want yeah. well, to? want Well, just
1: in general, um, with whole person care, there's criteria around the
7: diagnoses, utilization. So sometimes you have people who are very sick and complicated, but they haven't been showing up mm-hmm. in our well, systems mm-hmm. or in ERs, and so they may not count and so there's a, there's a number of
1: different criteria that make them
5: eligible yeah. so it will help and I don't want to uh, in any way uh, demean that uh, but, but I want to just temper uh, make sure that you understand it. if you ever hear anything like hey why they have vacant beds and you're not sending people uh, you know that might be some of the uh, but it's uh, another uh,
1: example of really close collaboration with our county partners absolutely. And in, in, in creating a better health care delivery system absolutely
5: mm-hmm. thank you for saying that uh and then in Prosecute uh just uh you know we'll be opening the rehab unit uh um, at uh, San Leandro uh, um. Uh, late December uh, but b- by the end of the year and we have an uh, additional beds they're all private or mostly private I should say there's a few cohorted and we're an- anticipating uh, a pickups uh, uh, in acute rehab uh, days as a result of that and constructions on con- on track uh, we're actually done hmm. with the construction we're doing the fit up uh, nice. right? uh, uh, so it's a fit up uh, we've gotten the li- uh, the license approval yep so we've done that so we're actually well on schedule for it to happen on time Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the other pieces we're converting six subacute uh, beds that are at um, Fairmont into SNP beds, and so that uh, uh, will be a, a shift in our capacity. Line.
1: I'm sorry, I'll forget if I don't say it now. If um, if we were to hold our September meeting in San Leandro, would we have the opportunity to tour that new rehab unit to take sure. a look at it before it opens? Sure. Or would it be more appropriate to wait until October?
5: Uh, no, it's, it's you can tour it now. Love like to see it. They're, they're they're putting beds in and other things. It's a, it's not a construction site anymore. Um, so you could do that. You guys want to do that? If you're
9: interested. Ron, you are you
5: going to hate me? No, it's it's hard to do a be tour
6: without
1: a. Chore. Oh, we'll just keep our mouths shut.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Just don't discuss me. All right. Well, let's
1: let's look forward to that.
5: Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh my doppelganger. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh Terry <laughs> <laughs> Terry just told me uh we're in the process of scheduling a community event in October, so you could either do this and do it separately, kind of associated with the board meeting. No, in October then. No. There you That's go. That's fine. Okay. Cool. Thank All right. you. All right. All right. Uh, so, again, uh, I'm going to try to uh, pick up the pace uh, uh, and it's make sure problem. I get all of No, no, no. I think it's fair. <coughs> we're if you get your questions, then uh, that's, that's really the most important part. Behavioral health, you can see we anticipate a pickup pick in PES. You may wonder why. Uh, patient days, uh, we're flat because it's always full. Uh, but PES, uh, because uh, the beginning of this year, we were still had a depressed volume in uh, PES that was related to the ongoing continuation uh, construction effort related to the ligature. Uh, Risk that we had that was identified, and so we're we'll have a full year without that now. And barring any other sort of issues, then we are forecasting additional volume there. Ambulatory the volume is uh, increased in volume. Um, Slight in specialty, but more substantial in primary care is connected to uh, efforts to uh, work on our scheduling and to uh, uh, increase our capacity to see patients. Uh, uh, There is some additional staffing that's associated with that, uh, just a minor amount of additional staffing. And then also they plan, uh, as you know, um, uh, to uh, move our same-day clinic, which is right above us here, over to uh, the K building and uh, basically swap with orthopedics. Uh, which will help us in terms of patient experience and uh, 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 throughput uh, or sorry, service delivery too because there's a uh, imaging unit that's here that will help us to see patients without them having to slip all the way over to the, the other building. So all of that, including, as you see there, and I'll note the closure of the Alameda Primary Clinic uh, happening uh, in the second quarter of FY20. So we have a runway to... Uh, Uh, um, uh, to close that clinic down, um, uh, but the met effect on a primary care perspective is a uh, 5.1% increase in volume and overall a 3.2% increase in ambulatory volume, okay? So then this just shows you what the volume budget looks like, and you can see the uh, pluses and minuses across the different uh, uh, metrics in terms of patient days, discharges, and the like. Um, on this slide, and then we go into then what the detail looks like from a revenue perspective. And uh, what I'll say here, which is important to say uh, before we go into the strategy, um, when we get to supplementals, one of the things that we are... um, more cognizant of, uh, making sure that you're aware of, and we're actually continuing to look at this, is uh, there is a little bit of, uh, uh, well, depending on your perspective, maybe a little to a fair amount of conservatism in some of the uh, supplemental lines that we have. We're actually now vetting this with some of our partners where they have uh, a little detail, uh, uh, different details and maybe different forecasts in this space. Um, We're open to feedback, and we'll uh, certainly uh, uh, be open to adjusting this. Uh, What I will say to you, though, is, and this is just sort of a a cautionary tale, the revenues on the inpatient side are, are associated, or the net patient services side, are associated with volume activity that we forecast. We have no ability to reliably tell you what's actually gonna come through the door. Uh, what the pair mix of that patient population will be, and there go then what we're able to uh, recoup from those services. So that part is really, really speculative. The capitation, depending on the program, is a little bit more reliable. Uh, so like a measure A, you know, pretty, pretty reliable in the sense, well, I should say fairly reliable. Health Pack is a little bit more reliable in terms of actually putting a dollar figure on what we can anticipate. Um, Prime and QIP and EPP a little bit more speculative based off of how well we perform on the paper performance metrics. So we do exercise uh, um, conservatism there. That conservatism is the same thing we applied last year, and the combination of that and our expense management efforts allowed us to hit our target last year. So we are open to, and it's with your understanding, uh, being less conservative and more aggressive as it relates to supplemental programs and supplemental revenue. But what we would do is want you to be incredibly mindful that the top part of that is not a guarantee. It's more speculative than the other part. And if we are aggressive there and we're, and we're not uncertain here, we may create a situation where the bottom line doesn't, we don't have willow room. So I uh, just want you to have that in mind. Uh, uh, and, and we're again open to hearing any number of feedback. And we've actually reached out to people to invite that conversation between now and when we bring it back to you. And we'll bring that to you and share that feedback. So just want you to know that as we go into detail. Yeah, I
1: know that's,
9: <coughs> I, I think some I, of our county friends uh, thought that our, uh, think that our, our supplement, or Measure A, particularly, mm-hmm. is too conservative, and I beg to differ. Yeah, broken record, I know. Where you got a recession coming? It's all sales tax, folks.
5: Hannah's yeah. uh, smiling because she she hears your voice when she helps us to yeah. put this number mm-hmm. out, uh, But but we, do know that <laughs> have, but we do know that there is a there is a. Uh, Big variance in what we are project forecasting and what the county is forecasting, and we have to right. figure out. Like, I think it's about seven
1: million, is that correct? No,
5: it's more long like long 12 million, I think. Yeah, because it's
9: something on besides. measure eight. On, oh, on right. 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 right, 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 right.
1: I forgot about that part of the math. Um, so you know, do we do we? Do you listen to the Fed, Chair? Do you listen to Wall Street? I mean.
9: I listen to the President. Then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well then, if you listen to the be. President, then it's we, could, we got we got <laughs> an extra <episode> 20 million <laughs> coming in. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everything's fine. Right. <laughs> right. Right.
8: <How laughs> money to buy an island. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> do you look at the bond market? I mean. Oh <laughs> so, with that in mind, we'll, let's we'll let's hope the let the county's right and wrong. we're wrong. Let's hope the county's yeah, right and
5: we actually we're twelve million. wrong. We actually, we kind of bank on folks being right and us being wrong uh, because the other part is we know we're wrong to just be put it but bluntly. We know, we know it's going to be right. If yeah.
1: we're off by 12 million, we'll yeah. just reduce our net negative balance with the county. That's it'll,
5: That's right. It'll actually end up being a favorable uh, pickup because it ends up being more that we can, bring that we can actually pay months. back. But yeah. mm. it all comes out in a wash. But we do, though, try to not be overly conservative because the extent to which we are conservative here, then that impacts what we didn't do internally because we're telling people hey we got to achieve a certain reg- revenue target or at least balance our budget and if we if we're overly conservative here then we, we may put an undue pressure on the organization uh, to to constrain our costs and end up that ends up hurting us too so it's a delicate balance but we we're, we're, we're doing what we can all right so with that I'll go into uh, detail so this is a strategy, uh, as you mit- uh, we mentioned some of the things, so urgent care, I talked to you about it before, primary care clinic, 3% increase in volume. Uh, labor and deliveries, there's your answer, 200 deliveries resulting in 1.4 million increase. Uh, Op. Um, uh, that's just oh outpatient women's services. Five um, percent increased volume on top of the three percent in all of uh, primary care, which would yield a 500k uh, increase in net patient services. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Leandro Med Search Days, as we said, bringing the, the, the third, second half of the third floor back online. Epic charge capture, as I mentioned before. What's not mentioned here is that lag that I told you about in the um, in the uh, cash collections, but the two percent there yielding 2.7 million increase, and then the uh, behavioral health contract, which we talked about.
2: No, you. Yes. that slide. Do, you, do we have a number projections for the med surge days and the urgent care? Because everything else sums up to 28.6 million dollars. I just don't see a number for urgent care or med surge days.
5: Uh, I thought we had a or number. Me, it, it was just included
2: in the narrative on that slide, which was easy for me.
5: I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. no I'm sorry. I thought there was a number there. Uh, Helen, do you? Do we have a like number a for later that? It's on a later slide. Oh, it's on a later slide? Maybe. Ah. Okay. Hold me to that. You. And you said both for uh, urgent care urgent and? Urgent care or? doesn't
2: have a number associated with it, and neither do the med surge There's a number for everything else, which comes to
5: 28.6. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what that is. Uh, and we'll see where we have it here. If we don't, I know Helen or Ann will pull it up for sure. us. Okay, so again, uh, revenue, uh, this is net patient services, so based off of that volume, and looking at our contracts and trying to kind of apply that against uh, uh, payer mix for what we have, uh, uh, and what may happen with our contracts, we have forecast that uh, we will be able to, and, and all the things I mentioned before, uh, have gross charges of about $3.4 billion over the course of the year, uh, which is about a uh, $19 million drop from prior year relative to, uh, which is driven more by the volume changes uh, than it is on the actual contracts or the rates. Okay? Supplemental, again, here here are the breakdowns of the major uh, components of supplemental. Um, I am willing and more than happy to go into a lot of detail about AB 85, but I just wanna say something at a high level here. So again, that number should be 53, so you'll see that corrected later. It's not 55.3, it's 53 million. AB 85, uh, uh, and, and the first line there talks about a little bit of it, how it comes up. It's 15 million from FY18 and then 38 million from uh, FY20. AB 85 is the state funding or the realignment, um, or sort of the, um, let me say, the enhancement or the, what do you call it, amendment to the realignment that's been in place since 1978, I think? Uh, okay, t- 1990. 1991. It's, it was, yeah, okay. Is this what the kind of calls a graph? I don't know. I don't know what the county Sorry, calls never it. Mind,
9: never <laughs> mind, yeah, They've done several realignments. Karen Trouble
5: Speaks <laughs> County. I was looking for her to tell me. Uh, she told me. She helped me out with that. Uh, anyway, so it's uh, it's realignment dollars. It's 1991 realignment dollars is what it was. And beginning in FY15 with the full implementation of the Affordable Care Act, the whole negotiation between the states and the counties about how much of those dollars would come back, because the notion being fewer people are uninsured, less money you need to come back to you to support them. Anyway. In So the way it works is there's a set amount of dollars in uh, the base that they uh, extrapolated for and sort of locked counties in and said, here's the amount of money that we're going to hold you to as your sort of contribution to public health and health care services. And here are the costs that we expect you to incur. If your costs exceed your revenue, then there's a potential that you could either keep or recoup the dollars depending on if they called them all back or, or left them with you. If your costs don't exceed your revenue, then you'll either have to uh, forfeit the dollars or give them back to us. In 1516 and 1617, let me say 1415, 1516, 1617, uh, we did not have enough costs to draw the dollars back or hold the dollars that they gave them to us. And one of the years, I think it was 1617, 17, uh, they gave us or let us keep some of the money. That was a 26 million or so that they kept with the county. We got 23 of the million. And now we have to give it all back because it gets reconciled two years later or gets final reconciled two years later. 18, a year ago, ended. And when it ended, we did our rough estimate of our cost and our revenue in this category and said, looks like the trend is going to continue. We won't be able to keep any of the money. A year later, you do what's called the interim final reconciliation and see if that's still true. Now you have more of your costs audited, you have your revenue, and uh, you see if you can treat it. That happened in like late May of this year. Uh, and when we first did it, the notion was, yeah, it still looks the same. We're going to not get any money. Uh, we, start, we, we started to get signals from other places that, no, there's something that looks slightly awry here look back at this, do your calculations, look at all these different uh, funding sources and, and pencil them out, and now it looks a bit more favorable. It's not final yet. We're still actually now doing, I think, the fourth round of, uh, of these numbers with Toyon, who helps a lot of other public hospitals do this, and trying to see where it lands. But with Toyan and with Nancy, who's in the wings helping us out, she said, I think you can comfortably anticipate that in FY." 18, which won't be trued up till the end of FY20 this year, and we wouldn't get it until 21, you can forecast getting at least $15 million. You can comfortably forecast that. So that's what we've done. 19 which we just ended we'll do the first forecast at the end of the year Uh, but we're speculating and some of you will recall we got 28 million dollars from the county at the end of the year in our health pack contract related to this we're forecasting that we're going to be able to keep all 28 million of those dollars we've used them to offset some other liabilities that we already had not not including the ones that we have going forward Uh, so that's why we're still ending the year on balance on budget uh, but we've now accounted for some liabilities that we uh, already had. Um, in FY20, though, this was a year where the state didn't call back any dollars. So of the dollars that they didn't call back, $46 million is going to come from the county to AHS. Historically, if 15, 16, 16 17, and the others are all the same, we would have said, thank you, we'll sit it over here, and in two years we'll give it all back. Now, because of EHR, because of the... Um, uh, rehab, uh, uh, construction costs, and all that—we have more costs in the categories that count, and less expenses because of supplemental dollars going down. And now the uh, uh, the projection is more favorable that we'll get to keep all of that money, or keep a significant portion of it. We, again, exercising conservatism, we're going to get 46 million. We had already anticipated in the last go-around of this budget keeping 16 million of that, and now we've upped it to 38 million. So we've only set aside the notion of about eight million of this. That even after, so we'll we'll do an interim reconciliation somewhere in this year or at the end of this year. And if it looks like this is all still penciling out, and we'll have a better sense of how 18 is going to end, we may be be able to bring that eight eight million additional dollars in, or we may say, ah, we still got to be careful. We'll hold it out one more year, then we'll see what actually plays out. So just full transparency. We're going to get 46 million dollars. We're keep we're we're booking 38 million of that and we're sitting eight of it to the side.
2: And 15 from a carryover.
5: And 15 from uh, fiscal year 18, correct. So that's where we get up to 53, okay? That's the only one I'll do a lot of detail on. The other ones are kind of trending from other things and or recognizing that dollars are going down. So you'll see like with GPP, number goes significantly down because the amount of available dollars go down. We're still looking at kind of what happened in 18 and 19 because the cap, we actually exceeded the cap in the money we drew in. We think it's overperformance performance uh, that we were able to get. We know that that's in fact the case in Prime, but in Prime what happened is, uh, as you know, it's pay for performance, and we book uh, conservatively that we'll get about 80%, and the, the, the metrics hit harder and harder each year. I think we may have had 90% last year, uh, but 80% this year. And in some of the programs, we uh, don't hit the target, so we don't get the reimbursement. Uh, in other programs, we overperform. And then we are in what's called a HPP high performance pool, and that's where they take all the dollars you didn't get the first time around, and they put them in this pool where people did perform, and they distribute them to you based off of how well you overperform. So that ends up helping us not necessarily exceed what the cap was, but to get up to what the allowable uh, was in uh, in prime measure A. Again, we've talked about it uh, last year. Uh, The year before, 11, it bumped up to 123, which I think is a bit more than it had in prior years, so a good year uh, uh, sales tax-wise. We were concerned because there's usually a correction that occurs in January February that didn't occur. Uh, So we just kept it, we sort of split the baby and said, we'll go. Half of that performance from that prior year, and so it actually ends up being down, but still above where we expected it to be last year. Um, uh, but the county, again, I think has that number closer to like 130 percent so I think. Yeah.
8: 3% inflation, right?
5: Uh, yeah, they trend those as well. I forget what the number is, and just talk but to you. Like them. So it may be, I thought it was 7.8 or something like that.
7: Right?
5: Yeah, it was a 7% growth factor. Yeah, it was a 7% growth factor. So so that's why their number for us, if you ask them what we should be getting, they may say that the number it's should be closer like to one thirty so. Hey,
1: let's not waste yeah. a lot of time on right. that. I want to so go so back so. to 85, uh, AB85. So you said in May, like, this one just feels like a weird, I mean, I get it. Hospital finance is complex. but. You said we're starting to hear from other areas that maybe, you know, we, our math, I just don't get how we got a $53 million delta, you know.
5: Let me try. So in May, what we were doing had nothing to do with FY20. Oh, right, 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 fine. So it was um, just the 16,
1: or the 18.
5: The 15 part of it. The 15 part of it. It was May we were reconciling the the first round of of, uh, fiscal year 18. And there, where we had originally said when the year ended, uh, we're not going to be able to keep any of this money. Now we're looking back at it. And 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 what and
1: what changed for us to say, oh, it looks like there's $15 million
5: we can hold on to. So now we have audited expenses. So the au- so we finished the year, and we had our audit, and then we go back and look at it's a whole bunch of different categories. I've seen this, and it, uh, it my eyes gloss over but But there are a bunch of different categories of expenses, so there are physician expenses. You can probably speak to this, and I can Oh, you're doing
7: great.
5: I, but I, I don't want <laughs> to stop doing great, so maybe I should turn it over to yeah, you. Know, so. <laughs> yeah, I'd love
1: to your answer version.
5: Let's let you speak to so,
7: it. So it's a fairly complex... Use the, me... the microphone,
1: Anne, oh, sorry. you. are Just leaning closer to it, or get oh, it closer to a bit. you. Now that I've perfect. been eating.
7: That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fairly complex com- you know, thing that depends on a multiple of different sources, so the P-14 filing, and then our audited financials. And so as the staff put it together, um, it appears that some of the items, they shifted. You know, it's human beings doing this work. There was some shifting, and as part of our quality control, and, and I think because we had never gotten or qualified to keep any of this money for the past you know, three or four years, the result, intuitively, they went, oh, that's good. But part of our quality control is to have somebody else who didn't do the work step away and look at it and say, you know, from a cold view, does this all make sense? And so when we had that review, it brought up some additional questions. And as we researched, we realized that some of our data just had been sorted wrong and produced a different picture. Part of it's related to more current data that had been audited, but part of it is this due to the fact that some of the things just got sorted wrong into the wrong categories.
1: Okay. The auditing, um, is it safe to say that had we adopted a budget at the end of June and that auditing wasn't done, we, we wouldn't have known this? Correct. Correct. Yes. That is.
7: And Sometimes it's
5: good to have your homework late. Well, <laughs> in this case, yeah, yeah I was certainly saying that case. Uh, timing actually uh, is 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 kind of it is certainly a factor here because it's yes. we we do these things when everybody else has to do them and that sometimes impacts them when we know things or when, when we're able to look and say has our knowledge of these things changed so i at a point in time all this stuff so so we Again, anticipating what had been happening, uh, forecasted at the beginning. This was part of that big gap that we had. Uh, We were moseying along. The work is being done with a new set of data that's coming in. And when it came up to being the same number, there's really no point, no, no real signal at that point that anything was awry. It was only when we said, hey, Let's have somebody else look at this. And then other people started seeing certain things. We then uh, uh, probed even further and decided, yeah, something's not right here. And as I said, now we're like going through like the third or fourth round yeah. of something's not right here with the most knowledgeable folks here to actually help okay. us to get to what is really right. Will you so send those
1: other people a thank you note?
7: <laughs> I did. I know. I'm gonna see that person over the weekend all yeah, so I'll nice. buy her drink
1: too that sounds great yeah, that's that's 1. huge 1.5 uh, percent EBITDA for that 15 million and then 38 million let's Ooh. correct,
5: correct. okay Thank okay you. no you're welcome uh, and then uh, the rest are, are as they are so yeah. um, so then we go into uh, the expense so then that totals up to the the revenue that you saw uh, and that's a breakdown of uh, net patient and supplemental then we go into the expense side of the house So the expenses total uh, 1.047 for a 2.4% increase in expenses year over year. The expenses are made up of, as you know, uh, payroll expenses and non-payroll expenses, payroll being about uh, 60 to 60 plus percent of our overall expenses, and then uh, the rest of it non-payroll. You see the payroll is anticipated to increase under this budget by three and a half percent, and the non-payroll actually is expected to be flat, and actually down slightly through a lot of the work that we're doing, and that goes to the next slide of then what is happening on the cost improvement side. So you saw the revenue improvement side uh, uh, a second ago, and we talked about that. Now, what is going on on the cost side? So on the costs, oh wait, did we answer your question? No, we didn't yet. It's okay, we're working through it. Okay. Ur- uh, just, I don't uh, think it was there. There's no, it. I
2: didn't see it, yeah. So, so it was I on the, it was ur- the, the impact of urgent care
5: and the- Correct. Maybe it's come down I think on- Helen's September. got it. Go. Helen. Helen always has. Helen it. on the spot. <laughs> um, the, urge, uh, so they send, the urgent care is 86,000, and the uh, uh, ADC five uh, additional, um, Average dealer licenses at San Leandro yields two point nine million. Oh, nice. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And that is also considered of, um, you know, when we bring them back online, they'll be under the consolidated license. Right. So just so you know, that, uh, that takes us to about thirty
2: point five million on those in revenue enhancement strategies.
5: Okay.
2: Okay.
5: All right. Now on the expense side. So uh, uh, in sales improvement, the first column, round two, was when uh, we remember. You recall we had gotten the. Um, the delta down to about 60 something million and we need to keep going and so this is when we got it down to uh, close to somewhere between 25 and 30 million and the combination was a combination of labor expense to the tune of about uh, 20 million and non-labor to the tune of about 10 million. Uh, we'll go into some detail uh, on the next slide for what, what's included in there. You'll see there's Sarah 15 million that we were talking about under, earlier under GASB 68 which makes it an artificial uh, going from 36 which is kind of a trend to the 21. Uh, and then the uh, um, the system expense reductions uh, are the system-wide things that we would do on top of what is in the different business units uh, um, that, that add another four and a half million dollar opportunity, which brings that to another uh, 33 million total on the expense uh, reduction side. Okay. Here are some of those examples of things. So uh, we talked about wage freezes for executive team, uh, which is uh, me and my direct reports, discretionary uh, paid uh, time off, uh, which I can explain to you if you're interested, uh, for um, uh, management level down to, Director or is that Level. Behind me, Director Level. Uh, benefit restructure, which is uh, uh, forecasting that when we do open enrollment uh, that we will uh, be um, 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 implementing a share of contribution for health benefits for our staff that uh, don't exist uh, today. Skill mix changes, which uh, uh, adjust our our labor expenses, both probably on the the paid uh, or the staff side as well as the registry side. Uh, Reduced sitter utilization, uh, uh, reflecting a different uh, set of criteria for how sitters are engaged and when they're engaged. Uh, Reduced overtime uh, use up to 30%, uh, uh, driven by uh, identified opportunity across, uh, I think, mainly the inpatient setting, uh, um, uh, driven by our, business unit leaders and our, our CNO, CAO uh, uh, in that area. Eliminating uh, various provider FTEs, and uh, in some cases it's an elimination, some of it is moving providers from contracted to hired into AHP. Uh, this is not the whole care part. That happens in next year, but uh, uh, this is uh, uh, some of that stuff that's happening this year. Uh, reducing backfill in our nursing units uh, as well, and then pharmaceutical supply costs uh, by using, uh, um, improving our price alternatives uh, using our GPO. Uh, provider productivity to increase clinical time and reduce costs. So that goes to some of the efforts uh, uh, predominantly in the outpatient space, but also in other uh, parts of the operation. Uh, reducing admin time and directorship expenses where we can. Uh, reducing on-call coverage uh, uh, where we can. And then uh, the primary care clinic, uh, as you've heard before. Any questions about any of that?
6: Yeah. Um, I just, I already mentioned, you know, that the, the, um, the con- registry and temp services. I mean, that's a, that's optimistic, I think. Mm-hmm. But also, um, can you just comment on the the county medical service program services? How is that being um, 20% reduction in that?
5: Expense? Yeah. So that is uh, the county medical services. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is the cost that we incur largely for health pack patients. Uh, it's uh, we are effectively. I mean, we get a cap rate effectively. Uh, it's not pure capitation, but it's a flat rate. It's a cost that we incur for getting uh, those, for the services that we procure for those patients outside of our system. So when we refer them to Sutter or Stanford or UCSF or other places for care. So uh, this is, I think, largely driven by, and others speak to this, uh, the detail I don't know all of, is an effort for us to uh, provide more of those services in-house that is uh, uh, driven by effort to maximize the opportunity that we have for productivity on the part of our providers, uh, as part of our clinical staff, and the capacity we have in our facilities. Oh, and Tangerine's whispering to me, renegotiated rates for uh, those services when we do procure them outside.
6: Okay.
5: Thank you. Thank you, okay. Tangerine. Well,
6: it, again, I mean, it, unlike the um, registry temp, it, it didn't go down in the current year. Right? The, the, it, it went up from 18 to 19, so um, hopefully those negotiations will be as fruitful as the ones we've had with the county recently, and we can rely on that. <laughs>
5: I think these are are these, these. I don't know if they are. They are I think these are rates that have already been negotiated and we're forecasting them based off of our expectation. Is that correct? Yeah, so they rates that are based on letters of
6: agreement, so it's individual rates that
5: are negotiated. When we, we when we procure those services.
6: Needs a service. okay. So these would be to FQHCs, for example, or are we talking
5: about no? They're more or acute or services. Okay. Yeah, choice.
0: Okay. Uh, services generally that we don't provide on our campus, uh, so.
6: Services and patient services. So, this is more a rate issue, a more, more of a negotiation, negotiated rates than it is we're going to uh, expand our services to provide these services in-house? I think it's a combination
7: of both. In certain instances, we refer out if we can't uh, provide timely access. Right. So, we want to be able to provide that timely access when appropriate. And then in other instances, Uh, They're for services where we do not have that uh, capacity. So a good example would be individuals who need transplants. That's not a service that we will be building, and so we will continue
5: to refer out. Thanks. Sorry, next time I'll ask you to come to the table Tangerine, for the record. Uh, But thank you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, but Ron, Ron, I can't, can't record you, your yeah, voice. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, this just shows you uh, uh, the trends, and these are the trends that we report when we do volume uh, uh, for the organization uh, uh, in, our, in our finance reports year over year. So uh, this is just reflecting what we talked about um, uh, in the last couple of slides. So that's all of the operating budget. That's the detail for it on the revenue side, expense side, and volume side. I'll turn uh, now, uh, if there are no questions, to the uh, capital budget part. Okay, hearing none. So capital budget, um, we have um, this is all the capex, so it's not the debt part of it. The debt is pretty straightforward. Uh, We have our pension obligation bond, and and we'll show you in the slide that it's mostly ending. Uh, It will be uh, completely uh, paid off next year. Uh, and then the, uh, the other uh, debt obligations to the county. The capital are our commitments uh, largely in major areas uh, as well as in routine uh, capital expenses. So uh, in 2020 you can see total capital expenses come up to $62 million. Uh, major areas for that, about half of it is uh, epic costs, which uh, uh, run sort of the same over the course or, or, or t- from last year to this year with an uptick that's mostly driven around uh, the go-live activities that we'll have to incur uh uh and so it becomes about the same in a compressed period of time unfortunately a lot of that is go live support uh uh, uh uh the uh by the at the elbow support that we do during go live that was actually reflected in the contract that you approved earlier uh still consistent with our budget and we're still running closer to our budget but under our budget uh um, in terms of the overall forecast for epic uh then the other areas the other big areas you'll see um uh, there's still the, I'm um, not following the lines correctly, but let's say that's about the big, the big one coming online or ramping up this year is the Alameda Hospital Seismic Project. Mm-hmm. So you see an increase this year and then um, more of it going into 2021 as uh, we'll be doing kind of the make ready activities and all that stuff as a latter part of this year and then the actual construction uh, uh, proceeding into uh, uh, calendar year 2021 and ending around. So, so those are linked. Of. There's no way to delink them. Uh, when you say D linked them, well, I mean, oh, it's a, a full um, yeah. It's yeah. the same project. It's 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 the same way. If you look at the uh, acute rehab, that it, it is um, it's over the life of the project, and the, the, the project uh, occurs over multiple fiscal years. So that's yeah. just you know. Um, and I should just like that.
6: I, I'm I was surprised that it's at 29 million now. I, I see that, and we don't actually have a a contract. Correct. Risk at risk project manager and and when we estimated this when we d- had our jpa um, negotiations it
5: was about 18 million it was closer to 20 million you're correct this number is reflective of that that remember part of the reason why we're still not have a contract yet is because we got this really high bid and we're now working to and we expect in the next i think couple of weeks now to get uh, uh, that bid at gmp guaranteed maximum okay. price uh, but we this is a conservative thing so we wanted to put what is a reliable number? Which was the the high number that we got. We certainly hope and expect that this number will be lower, but we wanted to put it out to you at this point as what what was out there, and then we'll expect this to come down. This that does that does that address your point? Okay. So, and we'll see very shortly what that number will be, and and again, we expect it to be and, and the, lower. the Park
4: Bridge is the roof.
5: Yes. yes. So Park Bridge is, is the roof. Unfortunately, we got to we got to fix that roof, uh, um, and so um, we. We want to get that done before rain season sets in, uh, because it becomes tougher to do and perhaps even more expensive, but that's our forecast to get it done now. And yeah, it's painful, uh, particularly for a building we don't own, but it's a, it's a challenging lease, to say the least. Lease to say the least. Okay, and then the rest of it is other big areas. So the first couple of facilities, equipment, and IT. So K building, ambulance bay.
7: Faux K building. Uh, the better.
5: first two are routine capital, yes. capital. What's Cotan, What's the Cotan? Uh, I'll, I'll not say it to you on the record, uh, but Mike doesn't know. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a tough second. It's, yeah, it's a same, challenging situation. Yes. So
4: we'll yeah, we'll tell bad. you
5: later. We should get you those things mm-hmm. so you can see what they are, since you have to hear them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, routine capital, uh, so <laughs> roughly for an organization this size, it's actually quite low. I'll, I'll tell you that, but we recognize that we've, uh, we've kind of have these major commitments uh, as it relates to the seismic activities and the EHR. So we're holding steady, but we are basically, in terms of capital refresh, um, um, we're going to have to be mindful of that in the out years. We've not made provisions for that in, here, as well as some ongoing challenges with some of our facilities that we have not made provisions for, and it, at least in this construct. But um, uh, we certainly want to be out there, okay? So that's all that's there. Um, uh, you can see the rehab ending this year. You can also see MRI ending. Our uh, you MRI uh, was funded through the generosity of Kaiser Permanente, so we're almost done with that. Uh, uh, and obviously part of EPIC, uh, $20 million we got from Kaiser as well. Any questions about anything on the capital budget here? OK. All right, so that's it. So then we roll it back up and put it into plan. This is what you saw at the beginning, and it just puts it all back together uh, to show you where we are. The next slide then shows you then what's the impact on the net negative balance, and unfortunately, YOU still see that, uh, red, that, line, that, ugly that red, red line crossing the blue line, which is what we don't want, right? So that's happening again uh, in FY20, uh, largely because of the the potential repaybacks uh, uh, that we expect, and and uh, that number. Uh, in this budget, it's still about 100 and what, what's the number? Is it on here or on the other slide? Is it the, one so, the 117?
7: 115. 115. 115
5: or so, yeah. We, we, we are hopeful that this number will continue to come down uh, uh, and we are hopeful, as I say, that we can negotiate a different reality uh, um, as these things get reconciled. Uh, but we're putting here uh, everything that is uh, possible uh, and then we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Uh, FY20 and beyond is because of the uh, the waiver, so obviously, if we can find uh, 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 money to uh, bring that curve down, I think that 's about is that close to a hundred million a year uh, year over year, and the waiver when we combine GPP and prime yes yeah, so probably around a hundred million or so that all can come down as well, and obviously we 're hopeful and we believe that 's going to have to happen because it 's not just <coughs> impacting us so so and everybody else
1: so the Going over the line <clears throat> between 2019 and 20 is um, based on likely payback that, that, that could come due. Correct. But the continued northern direction
5: mm-hmm.
1: is year over year of nothing replacing prime.
5: Correct. Predominantly, <laughs> that's what that is. Those are the major things.
1: So if there is a suitable replacement, would that, and, and we still have to make that, those paybacks, mm-hmm. would that line then kind of flatline at above the limit? Yes. That, it would be helpful, especially for our conversations with the county, to explain that because...
5: yeah. No, we don't. So, so I said, we, we actually have, we anticipated this and wanted to show it to you. Um, it's my mistake, because Helen sent the slides and I didn't update them uh, to uh. cinema. But we we, we we didn't have it by Friday, because we were still tinkering around with, what would it look like to try to show you this? Uh, we had it as of yesterday, and I didn't send it. But the next time we show this to you, we'll show you what that looks like. And as I mentioned, between now and then, we're hoping we'll have a conversation with the county to kind of show them uh, what it looks like as well. Uh, we sort of just basically took a line and overlaid it with what it would look like keeping the, um, the permanent agreement reflected the way right. it is now. So keeping those two lines, which is the blue and the black, the interyear and the end of the year the same, uh, what it would look like to both get a waiver replacement that brings that down, as well as to uh, have a solution for uh, absorbing those prior year opportunities that we have uh, that we can actually put a timing around, which is both last year, or I'm sorry, this year and next year.
4: So the the 220, $227 two hundred is, is that at a point in time, or is that the highest level? It's at 630.
5: It would be at six. Each of these numbers at the end of the year would be what the number So, so might the be So the line of credit
1: would have to be higher, right?
5: It would either have to be higher, or, or, or we'd have to figure out a solution to get that red line back down.
1: Yeah. So on 630, 2020, our NNB is supposed to be at?
5: 125.
1: OK. and. You're estimating it at 227.
5: Because of the 117 of the additional payments that might come due.
1: That might come due,
5: okay.
8: But if we get the the supplementals, then that's 100 million less will be.
5: No, 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 that's no that, would, that would be in the, in the 21 and 22. Oh, oh. Yeah, we are, we're getting supplementals in this line. year. They're going GPP down, line. but we're getting yeah. them. Yes, yes. Okay. If we so perform better on the budget this year, mm. that brings that number down a little bit because we will have more revenue to then have a higher EBITDA performance. Uh, if, if measure we, A in, does better. If measure A does better, if the huh. behavioral health contract uh, we get more money that, yeah. uh there uh that's reflective of our cost uh if there is any sort of uh, additional subsidy uh and or uh, well all those things brings that number down and makes that performance better the other thing that the county might contemplate and i uh, far be for me to be overly presumptuous there that, but if the county says you know one of the things we can do is you know, see how your see if those things are coming. Do and at that point, have a conversation around whether we uh, we recognize that we've done what we can with the red line, and now we need to do something different with the blue line. That's that's kind of where we are now. But right now, we're not asking for that. We're asking for just the the concept of understanding the risk and the uh, vulnerability and uh, the uh, set of ideas that might actually help us to address that opportunity. Did I sufficiently con- <laughs> confuse you? I oh, hope not. No, that wasn't confusion. That was clarity. I okay. Think,
4: yeah.
2: no, okay.
4: So so in 2022, it would be a, almost a half a billion dollars.
5: Yeah. If nothing if happened. Nothing. That would yes, be really, if nothing if nothing I'll put a zero percent yeah. chance on this actually occurring this way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I think
1: the more important <laughs> issue is not what Comes in terms of a replacement. I think the mm-hmm. more significant issue is how much are we going to have to pay back, mm-hmm. and when are we going to have to pay it back mm-hmm. from that from those uh, prior years? Prior years, yes. And knowing that those prior year uh, true ups go back to what 2008,
5: I think uh, one know? of them, yeah, goes yes. back as far as 2008.
1: Um, yeah. And we don't. We just don't know.
8: There's no debt forgiveness here. You may
5: have to pay it back. Well, that's the part we're, we're, we're yeah. willing to challenge. Um, one of them, so uh, it'd be clear, the AB 85, I'm sorry, not AB 85, the, um, what do you call it? Um, the position spot? No, uh, the, the thing that we, uh, the, wa- the, the prior right. waiver dollars, yeah, we right. do have to give back. That's
6: what right. i yes. the waiver.
5: Yes, so that part we do have to give back because it gets redistributed. The other things like the FQHC uh, negotiation or settlement. Um, one, we may have a favorable settlement where the number right now we're forecasting to be about $40 million. And it goes also now, I think, from like... Eleven to 13 or something like that, we may have a more favorable settlement. Uh, where if we're forecasting what we believe is the uh, highest risk which is about forty million dollars. If we get it down to, then, then, then there's the potential to be less. We could also then have a situation that even if it's a number that's less than that, that we may be able to find a situation or blaze a path where we don't have to pay any of it. and we're, we're willing and obviously open to exploring that with as much support and help as we can. Have. Okay. Okay. Any
1: takeaways?
5: Uh, yep. Yeah, so I won't repeat them, but the final takeaways are, you yeah, know, fortunately, and through a lot of collaboration and support. And I want to add my thanks to uh, all the trustees, but special thanks to those who have been uh, actively in dialogue with our county partners. Uh, um, that you know, we went through a cataclysmic period uh, that I think all of us would have uh, uh, preferred to avoid, and uh, and yeah, hopefully, you know, I think there are signs of coming across this uh, better on the other side and I hope that uh, uh, we can continue this trajectory but even now uh, we've been able through this work to uh, pretend for at least uh, a situation where we're able to really collaborate to maintain these vital services for our community uh, to be able to fund important priorities and obligations and commitments that we've made in Alameda and other areas uh, uh, and to do that uh, with some degree of fidelity to Our current obligations, uh, with the understanding that our prior obligations are still a risk to us, and then our future risk of more about uh, how funding might procure or uh, might proceed. So, so with that, um, uh, you know, there's discussion on your part, but what we're Proposing to the years we will we will modify this based off of some of the feedback uh, if you have it in your discussion for us today as well as other feedback we'll hear as we move forward um, but our, our request as far as an action is preliminary approval that will allow the dialogue to continue uh, with the county and then to hopefully uh, result in bringing back a, a formal uh, budget for you to approve um, uh, at the end of September. So with that This up,
8: will go to House okay. Committee.
5: Yeah. so I think the plan now is that on September 6th, I think it is, uh, September 6th or 8th, it's a Monday, uh, that uh, we would present to the Health Committee and we can talk about that. Unfortunately, I won't be here. Uh, I have gotten uh, uh, Luis available to present, but I understand that uh, uh, either of you might want to present, but we're happy to follow your cue. Uh, But uh, I think the plan is for it to go to Health Committee then and then... uh, the 9th, is that the Monday? Yeah, the 9th, thank you. Uh, and then uh, that it would proceed to full board, I think is uh, the county's process, and then that from there that there'll be some signal of what the, uh, uh, what the uh, prospects would be for support uh, that then it could come back to you at the end of September.
1: If we have to do it, <clears throat> I'll do the slides with words and you do the slides with numbers.
5: <laughs> okay. It's up to you.
1: That a uh, so I, I
9: um, before we start to move to wrap this up, I would, um, it occurred to me as you were going through your report that it would be good for the purposes of review at the Finance Committee mm-hmm. to have um, page 14, uh, the enhancements, the strategies, mm-hmm. sort of benchmarked every month throughout the whole year so we can track how we're
5: actually doing. Okay, so in are these cell. key things that we're pointing out to to, to call them out more um, specifically? Because we put the it's loaded in there, but it's not called out. So we can we right. can do that. Yeah, I think exactly. that's a good idea. So pull yeah. them
9: out for special attention every month. And Fair enough. Just recognizing how tenuous um, this budget Some is. Are, yes, uh, we should be paying
7: specific attention to the these assumptions. Pain? Okay, can we'll do that. Thank you for that. This is an
8: all-clear message for the closed
1: Can, k Building, and landscape Day. I, I would also want <clears throat> some sort of trigger mechanism uh, when mm. a big payment is th- like when we when we get word about one of these big payments. Like yes, it's true, it's happening. Oh,
5: absolutely, yeah.
1: That we get an immediate notification and that it go directly to our county partners as well okay. um, so that we can convene a meeting on it okay. mean, i just think it's so important that we i mean we're telling them we're going to blow out our balance we're going to like i told them the other day it's we you got a fat credit card and we're basically asking for a huge limit increase um that we may or may not have to use but right some of it we're going to have to right. use i
6: mean it's not out of the realm that any of the waivers could depending on what happens next year in the in the election. That, that any of the, the state waivers could be reduced
5: substantially. Yeah, yeah, right. Unfortunately. So fair point, and we'll do that, we'll absolutely do that. We'll, we'll be tracking along with the states so that will, uh, my, my supposition uh, based off of what I've heard and understand how this works is we'll, we will have understanding of when, we're, when, when we've zeroed in on a number and what, the, what that's likely to be, and then when it's likely to be due. So we will definitely pass that along and uh, keep the lines of communication open.
1: Other it, questions or comments? Yes.
2: I'd, I'd like to do some comments, and it's probably uh, I'm largely speaking to myself and for correction, if that's okay. So what, what I take from today's meeting is since the April-May presentation of the budget, um, uh, what I glean from the work presented in today's presentation are the following. Approximately 33, these are approximate numbers back in the napkin. Helen, mm-hmm. you can check me. Approximately $33.7 million in expense reduction, approximately $31.6 million in revenue enhancement, $23 million in behavioral health as a one-time, and $53 million from AB85 for a total swing from prior presentation of about $141.3 million. And that, I, I think, is our substantiation of our 3.8% EBITDA. Does that sound correct, Finance Chair?
5: It's about right. Some of the uh, some of the things were included in that last uh, the last presentation of okay. the budget you had. So some of the right. expense saving opportunities were, up, were already baked okay. into there. So okay. the the big things that are new were AB eighty five and the twenty three million. Okay. So yeah, which is
2: which is you know seventy six, which is okay. Yeah. So does that sound like a clear summary for me? I'm kind of slow, so I think I need to. Oh,
9: finish. I think that's yeah. You're really slow. <laughs> it's sort of
2: yeah. alarming when you
9: put
5: it that way. I mean, okay. it shows how much fluidity there right. is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and and, it's and it's absolutely. And and then and what we should say, uh, you know, the income statement is is a revenue forecast. It's yeah. not actual dollars. No. And so the even the the fifty five million, the the kind of weird uh, state here is we get those as I mentioned. We're or, sorry that. 46 of it. We get them this year. We don't, we don't finally get the green light that you get to keep them until two years hence. But we need to book them now. because, And we're booking them with some certainty that two years hence the answer will be yes. Uh, uh, and at 15, we won't get the green light for another year plus. It'll be a year and a couple of months. But we need to book them now, because if we don't, exactly. then we're saying we got, we got it. And I will say, actually, this is kind of a, just a funny uh, uh, parallel. Uh, we were having some discussion. I don't know if I should say this on the record. Uh, let me just oh. say, no, <laughs> was there was a separate. No, I can say it without recognizing. There's a separate um, uh, system that works in a construct similar to ours, uh, with a lot of supplemental dollars, and they were looking to close and cut services. And when we scrutinized kind of what was going on and the impact to us, and said, "Why are you doing that?" and they said. You know we're not making enough money, and then we looked and said, you're not booking anything in supplemental," and we know you get a lot of supplementals, too, and they said, we can't book those dollars because we don't rely on it. So we, we never book them, and I was like, do you know what would happen if we didn't book supplementals? We couldn't. Oh Basically, we'd be, yes, didn't we didn't have to book them, even though they don't happen. So it's kind of a funny aside. So uh-huh. so we're not that bad, but we do try to accept mm-hmm. some conservatism for the exact reason of what you, not just what we experienced last year that kind of kept us balance, but the fact that and priority is we've worked all these things, and that's what's coming back to roost. Like, You can't keep them all. So so we have to be vigilant about that.
6: Well, I appreciate, um, Taft, I appreciate your numbers. And I, the number that I would just point out is that um, we're forecasting a 3.5% increase in labor expense, which mm-hmm. basically would mean that we're not planning any layoffs. The
5: no, that's not true sorry it means that on what on balance we we have more ftes uh we there are ftes that are shifting across the organization so in ambulatory there's an increase oh yes i should say i guess but. uh also a little nuanced still there there are because it's because of the labor contracts and i think this is important to say uh um, um i was actually surprised uh that there weren't a lot of our partners here today but uh, maybe that's a good sign i don't know uh we um there are certain areas in the organization where um, we're having to do uh, shift rebids and other things to recognize things that are, are in this budget or connected to our productivity efforts. The net effect of some of them is like two or three positions, but sometimes you have to notice 25 people right. to have a situation where you uh, impact ultimately like three people. So, so there are. I want to be clear in case you hear there are. Uh, at least like two or three of those that are either set to happen and have been noticed to unions, uh, um, notwithstanding the fact that there's an increase in staffing here.
6: Well, to I guess then more to, um, to what Dr. Buquette said, we are not anticipating any elimination of services which would result in elimination of positions.
5: That's correct. Fair enough.
1: Other comments, thoughts?
8: Good job
5: with the staff team. My gosh, the
8: iterations. My goodness, what a roller coaster,
5: and you all have lived that. So, Oh, it's it's certainly everybody, and to you all, and actually, so we don't speak in public uh, uh, comment, but uh, since it is related to the budget, I want to thank uh, uh, the IOP folks as well. Uh, uh, I think uh, just the the collaborative effort to recognize what the opportunity is here, but also to impress that the opportunity obviously is not purely financial. It is also service and it's also our commitment to our community uh, is very important and um, what I appreciate with this group as a reflection of the conversation we were having about um, uh, the productivity efforts is uh, there is is a growing clarity and alignment around what that opportunity looks like and uh, what we need to do to both Increase volume, increase throughput, and uh, and and meet service needs, while at the same time, making sure that we're managing our costs. In recognition of the fact that you know we don't, a lot of our services just aren't designed to make money, uh, uh, based off of the payer mix that we have. Uh, but we try to do our best. at At the end of the day, it all pencils out. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah,
8: I wanted to just add that. It was such an honor to be, uh, to visit the IOP at Fairmont and to s- actually sit in through one of the group sessions and really to see folks who haven't, uh, you know, the, they are adults and their families have given up on them. And that's where it was fascinating to see that the many creative ways in which um, the your staff were uh, involving them from going to movies to going grocery shopping to doing things just and helping them through the process until you actually go there and see, um, and meet some of the you know patients that come in there. It really humanizes the situation and the unmet need. There is just such a big need in the community, and to see adults um, without any support getting that. So, thank big thanks to your staff.
2: Mm-hmm. I All have right. a question about measure or a question slash comment. You know, um, the Washington Post reported yesterday that uh, three out of four economists polled by the National Association of Business e- Economics suggest that we will have a recession by 2021. Mm-hmm. Our modeling here uh, basically uses an average of the past two years of measure A, um, and I'm wondering if that's uh, if that's not conservative enough. And I and I further question whether we could use historical modeling 2008, 2009, 2010 uh, Measure A data maybe to to index that number. Uh, uh, Just as a question.
9: Yeah, you know, prior to coming here, I sat on the Measure A Oversight Committee. I I think the answer is it's pretty hard to project. There's been a lot of economic growth in Mm -hmm. the Bay Area. Uh, since the passage of yeah, Measure oh, A, no, so a to look right? at the trending is hard. I can tell you this. What gives me alarm is that while I was on that committee, we went through a recession, and there was a loss of $20 million. Yeah, and, and so we,
2: we could get a $20 million swing yeah. like that. Right. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I'm just wondering and mm-hmm. raising how, how we determine the model. Just choose the last two years, or and, and, and again, this is all kind of a little bit... Of voodoo uh, <laughs> uh, how we figure this out right it uh, is but, yeah. but just finance. wondering how we is it should we keep it with that simple for the past two years and and I, I don't know how to get more complex other I, than I'm
9: comfortable that you know I'm not comfortable with the what the county uh, would, would prefer on this because they're they're looking at a continued increase in year-over-year um, I think four per. It's actually closer to four percent increase next year. If we go into a recession, we we'll definitely won't experience that, and we'll experience a dip. It could be greater than the three percent cut that we're uh, assuming in our budget. But mm-hmm. it, you know, it sort of hits a middle middle space. And the good thing about sales tax is it's month by month. Yeah. Uh, it's another thing that we should be tracking more closely, maybe. And, uh, we we get that.
5: We well actually we get almost weekly reports, but it only changes yeah. once a month when, yeah. when the, uh, the numbers come through, and so, yeah, we we, we we do track. It's actually, you know, it's called out in the, on the finance report, so we can actually look at what's happening. Do, uh,
9: do you actually see the reports that staff get on the sources that are funding no. Measure A? That's a very interesting report. To see so what, where the trends right, are, Right, so yeah. if you, yeah. Yeah, for example, if there's a drop, a massive drop in the sales of cars, that's the biggest factor. Yep. Yeah.
5: And you can so you can start to do uh, some least. projection with at least yeah. within the year. That's yeah. like exactly, um, isn't isn't A B eighty five I think A B five is a combination of vehicle license fees and something else as well.
4: And that I
5: mean the, yeah the but that's, and sales tax, sales tax yeah. yeah, that's what so right. I so so there saying about yeah. so another source. That's, that's
1: crazy. That that. yeah. So um Years. yeah, I have a few comments. Um First, you know, this has not been an easy process, and I'm not walking away feeling super good. Um, I'm feeling weathered, mm. and I think that um, I think in an effort to be transparent uh, and as transparent as possible and as early as possible, in some ways, our our efforts may have been um, viewed as um, uh, alarming or. Uh, 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 inconsistent. Uh, you know, we went from 100 million to 65, and now we're saying, look, we think we can do it. Um, I, I really want to honor the work of the staff. I want to re-emphasize that we, we, you've done a great job in identifying funds and, and identifying enhancements and revenues, and the county has certainly stepped up and really been a great partner. I think, like, we have to figure out how to do it better in terms of our communication with all of our partners. Um, and, all, uh, and every department, every project, every program needs to know that this is a constant process that has to happen. And I think the more we can forecast our concerns and, and vulnerabilities across the system early on, not as a way to scare people into thinking that we're going to eliminate them, but into motivating people to knuckle down and figure out how to run their program better. I think like. That's the lesson I'm taking away, is that, that that communication strategy has to be ongoing and monthly. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. I think um, our, our partners in Alameda, the, the island of Alameda, um, in, you know felt strongly that our concerns uh, were an indication that we were not going to fulfill our agreement to build uh, the seismic upgrades at Alameda, and we, we are about to take a vote I hope somebody's going to make a motion um, that will lock in our commitment again to to meeting that that JPA so that we can um, so that we can keep that hospital functioning as a critical part of our network um, on that note I will point out and I'll say it now and we'll keep saying it the 2020 seismic upgrades at Alameda Hospital are not the thing to be worried about the 2030 upgrades are and we have to have a really deliberate public conversation with the health district. <clears throat> Trustee Jensen, I know you're aware of this. We need the public to be involved. We need to reinvent that hospital and we've got fewer than 10 years to do it. Um, <clears throat> and so um, that said, we're committed today to what we're doing. Uh, we're committed to our to our, our labor partners. Um <clears throat> but they also <clears throat> excuse me need to know what we see in our vision contracts, as far as our labor costs, our overtime costs, our benefit costs, are completely out of line with similar organizations. And that contributes to our inability to, to project a, a, a stable future. And so people need to know that uh, when they work here, that the, the incredible package that they are getting, uh, and that, that we make painful choices. Um, so with all that said, um, I think we're at a point where we can take a vote, adopt this preliminarily, present it to the county, um, and <clears throat> work in partnership and come back and finalize this thing next month. Um, and just uh, too bad we didn't get an August recess. Uh, so with that, I'll, I'll entertain a motion.
2: Motion to approve. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Thank you. This
1: meeting's adjourned.